You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the geeks are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. Live, start the countdown. Three, two, one. Lasers. What's up, fellow brunchers? Welcome to Talk Brunch Live. August 19th, 2019. I'm your host, as Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, and listening to episode 335. Joining me tonight is the one and only Mr. Dustin Frazier. This may be episode 334 of Talk Brunch. This is episode 2 of Monday Night Skype. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome indeed. Is it 334? I thought it was 335. Am I losing track? Yeah, 335. Oh, God, I can't. I'm not even here right now. Don't mind me. <laughs> You're going to hear about it in the forums, man. <laughs> Getting heat for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have a packed news week in store for you tonight. With that being said, shout out to those of you in the live chat room Willie V2 and Stasis Dreams, Mark710, George Z. Kalakamikaze and also those listening currently to the live feed over at talkbrunch.com and of course the rest of you who listen on demand via iTunes, Stitcher and all other popular podcatcher apps we're available on every major digital audio provider including SoundCloud just search TalkBrunch you can visit talkbrunch.com for that plus the social media links as well as replays of all of our content welcome all thank you for joining us the Monday night wars are over but the Wednesday night wars are upon us huh yeah. Unbelievable. So what are your thoughts? Are you excited? You still don't have your faith in the E yet? Um God, it's tough because considering what's going to be in Wednesday's place, there I'm like, okay, that could be good. It's everything else where I'm just like Pfft. Yeah, it's gonna be a different landscape, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. But uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But before we do, SmackDown has unveiled its first commercial with Fox. I figured you guys would probably want to take a look at the way it's being presented on the big screen over there. So hopefully you like it. Cool. Not bad. I like AEW's better. I'm not, and I'm not just trolling. You know, like literally, this was really cool. Like it was AEW's dramatic. had more of an aura that this was going to be game changing. Where SmackDown was just like, yeah, come to another network. Let's do this. It was like it had uh that whole speech and everything. You know, like it just just had a feel good thing to it. Yeah. 
but I'm still happy for them. You know, I'm not going to act like, oh, yeah. oh, screw them. Like, sure, you got you got your deal. You're you're headed over to Fox. There's bigger news with them because I feel like they kind of swerved Fox. We're going to talk about that later on with the new the new NXT news that's going around, which I'm sure a lot of you guys heard about. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're going to just have to see what it is that happens with this whole thing, because it's going to it's, it's almost like you're going into a reboot of, of the wrestling world now. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been feeling like, at because, least with the bigger companies, everything's starting to change more. Yeah, because creative wise, you have completely different production teams across all boards. So I'm not even just looking at it as this one new company. I'm looking at it more like uh, multiple com- companies that are getting reboots. Yeah, which I mean, if that winds up turning out as a lot more good wrestling, I'm all for it. Yeah, you know. Like, 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 let me sit there and have mental debates of which show I'm willing to miss this week <laughs> because everything's so good. That's then, my perfect world. And then hopefully, ideally, your debates will end in you not wanting to miss any of them is the way that exactly. it should like, like mm-hmm. the, you, you, you sit there like I have with a moral choice, like, I know I have to miss one this week. Which one do I have to miss? Crap. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well. As you guys know, Fox used to be very, very close with UFC. One would even consider them one and the same in some cases. It's like when people thought of Fox, they thought of UFC for a good long time there. You know, that being said, uh, Fox is very interested, uh, in having Daniel Cormier in, uh, WWE. And that would make me assume that it would be on SmackDown. Yeah. Daniel Cormier, as of this weekend, the now former heavyweight champion. Yeah. And uh, it's also interesting because uh, he was recently at an interview during the UFC 241 Media Day, and he was asked about fighting Brock Lesnar. And what I find interesting about this is uh, it almost comes off as if Daniel Cormier uh, is overlooking Stipe Miocic, like completely, like he's just looking beyond him to like the future, which uh, he did. Which I don't think that was wise. I didn't hear this when it before it happened. But had I heard it, I would have told him. I would have said, I, I don't think that's wise. You know, like you should probably, you know, focus on your current opponent. But that being said, I figured I'd let you guys hear a little bit here. And I'm going to link you to the entire thing. Always model. That's right. Polo, baby. <laughs> now talk to me for a second. Why didn't Brock Lesnar want any of that smoke? He didn't want the smoke. Brock wanted to. Brock decided to stay. In the WWE, you know, and, and I think it's smart, right? You you either go and perform or you come and fight me, right? It just makes more sense to uh, stay in the WWE. Well, if we had a Mount Rushmore, we'd put your name on the list. Greatest MMA fighters of all. Yeah, but you see what I mean? Like, he's <laughs> brought the, and, the only. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, like, he, he really did because uh, Stipe put that ass in check this weekend. So, yeah, he really did put a hurt. Don't, I, I watched don't, the whole don't look ahead. Yeah, I watched the whole event live, and yeah, he took he took a beating at the end. It didn't look like it was going to happen, but uh, he he absolutely took a beating there. And uh, yeah, cool. don't look that far ahead. He looked completely over Stepe, and uh, like you know, that's common sense as a champion. You take it challenger by challenger. Don't look three or four ahead when you there's no guarantee you're even going to fight the one you're looking towards. That being said, he wasn't completely opposed to the idea of retiring. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't say anything about, uh, like, he spoke almost at the end, like, if he was considering retiring. So, that being said, this plays perfectly into Fox and WWE's, uh, wish to have him as part of their brands. Yeah. So. I mean, he, he's been 
I think he only had maybe a handful of fights left on his contract anyway. So, yeah, retirement as a mixed martial artist was definitely on the horizon. Yeah, and uh, Rogan had said during the post-interview that uh, apparently he said that whether he won or not wasn't even factoring into the possibility of him retiring. But, uh, of course, he wanted to retire probably as a double champion. And, no, Mark, he didn't cry this time. No, no. He was okay. He he was all right. (laughs) He was good, man. You know, yeah. That other time, I mean, it was a surprise. You know, he woke up to the feet. You can, can only imagine yeah. how that feels. Like, you know, one minute yep. everything was okay, and the next minute it wasn't. He woke up to the feet, and then Rogan even said in this podcast when that first one happened that uh, he he broke a a rule that he has where when someone wakes back up like that, he never gives them a pulse fight interview. Because yeah, they made all, him do it that time. You know, because they're all they they're really rocked. You know, like you can't even imagine what that would feel like, and now all of a sudden. Rogan's in your face with a microphone ask you how you feel that the champion knocked you out you know it's it's a crazy feeling so yeah I I I, I don't discredit him at all for the the crying thing that whole thing was crazy I mean he got he took a head kick from John Jones you cry too <laughs> oh yeah absolutely there's no question about that but yeah it looks like he might have a future in uh wwe which i honestly i don't know man i i mean he he's good verbally speaking in defense to himself but uh i don't know is this guy like what, what have we ever really heard him speak enough about wrestling every now and then i think we played a drop on here where he talks a little about wrestling but how's that going to be long term it's a completely different world from what he's used to you have a yeah. headset on where somebody's in your ear you know there are certain things that you have to say but you know it, it's i know that there's certain freedom because it's recently been been uncovered that yeah there's a lot more freedom than you think like they feed you certain lines and certain things they want you to say but a lot of the time they are left out there to do their own thing i'm sure there's general guidelines like if the heel announcer has to heal it up and stuff but they don't really have to follow it the way people make it sure the wrestlers have to follow it like a script the commentators don't but that could also be to your demise if you look at people like mike adamley you know mr jeff harvey himself people who just couldn't do it you know and uh that that i believe didn't he come from a sports background as well yeah, I think he did. And, and then they he went really, on, they, they were and really then went on live TV have and it's like a CM Punk called him CM. Yeah, that and, and they're really <laughs> proud to have him. You know, they were really happy to have Mike Adam Lee. They were marking out about it and, and then he became like one of the biggest parodies of all of the, the commentary that we've ever had. You know, I'm not saying that would happen uh to Daniel Cormier. I'm just saying that they get people that are big deals and bring them here, and the best case that we can hope for is that those people are I guess aren't considered crap. Because look at Renee Young. Renee Young, when she came, she came with such a big reputation. We were talking about her for months before she showed up. And just so they got this big sports announcer from Canada that's going to be doing stuff from now on. Go back and listen to our episodes. It was a long time of buildup for Renee. It wasn't like one day she just appeared on camera and we were like, oh, look, who's that? No, we spoke about this woman before we actually saw her for such a long time on here. And how they were trying to get her and what they were going through and how she was. And now here she is. And and what do you hear about people complaining? (laughs) about Renee or what they're gonna so it's you know what I mean like yeah they want Daniel Cormier but do they know what to do with Daniel Cormier is he work is is this gonna work out for Daniel at this point it really just seems like they want the name but don't think past the name yeah but there's a lot of interest apparently in bringing him in so take that for what it's worth I mean I would like to see him do good if he did come over I mean the dude could talk like like it's nobody's business that's for sure but can he fill in the rest of the puzzle yeah it's not for everyone you know what i mean and it's not an easy job and it's not to say he's not up for the task i'm sure they must have pitched the offer to him now 
You know what I mean? Like this, like if there was ever a time to pitch the offer to him, it would be now. It's unfortunate though that WWE seems to keep getting MMA fighters off of losses since their whole philosophy in wrestling is to keep people looking strong and people come back beat up and join WWE. And I know it doesn't really matter in the long run, but I'm just saying that more from, because in MMA, you win and you lose and there's really no, no, uh, no loss of pride in that. But in WWE, based on storylines, the whole keep them strong philosophy is completely counterproductive to the fact that essentially MMA fighters lose and wind up here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just not. I, I just wish that a few times we'd get some that win and come here. It's like, and then he won and went on to WWE. Not, and then after getting his face beat in, here he is at WrestleMania, you know, it just sucks. I, and I know it's still good, good press and it's still good to have celebrities involved. But when you really look at the, the record that they have and the precedence that they show, it's all on the downslide. Even Mike Tyson, it was like, well, you know, this guy raped somebody allegedly and he went to prison and he lost his boxing license and bit somebody's face off let's bring him on let's have him join the generation x you know (laughs) it it, it wasn't like the 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 champion mike tyson that knocked somebody out and now here he is you know i guess floyd money mayweather is a a different thing the whole thing with him and big show that's actually a, a boxer who was successful that stayed successful and they brought him in when he was at the peak of his success you know but that's the way it should be more often than not in my opinion yeah you know and unfortunately it isn't you know, and it takes nothing away from 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 people being around, but you know, I just notice it, and uh, I have heard the story going around, which um, maybe it's just a story, maybe it isn't, but uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Where wrestlers really do feel like, you know, what are all these MMA guys doing, retiring into our sport? Yeah, it's just another spot getting filled. That it's like how you lose and get the spot where I've been winning and been nowhere near it. Yeah, and uh, it's cool. I like the crossover in some aspects, but in others, I don't like the timing. And I've said that on here before, where it's like, it's great. Now we got all these MMA guys that want to come over and everything, but it's during a time when there's so many wrestlers and so many feds. Yo, there are so many wrestlers. And it's not like we just have a bunch of no-name shoot wrestlers, which would be fine, too. We have, like, there's so many different unique characters and personalities and gimmicks. If you really look across New Japan, AEW, even Ring of Honor, WWE, all of these combined. If you really look at the unique storylines and characters and personalities going across federations and stuff, there's never been anything like it. So it's like there's no interest right now in having, like, someone who just got knocked out in the octagon show up here and be tough. Exactly. You know, it's cool every now and then, but I, I would prefer more often um, just to stick to what we have going on here. You know, Rhonda, I think, is a, is a um, separate entity just because she's so naturally good. And she's always shown an entrance. Even when she was even when Rhonda was at the top of her game, she would show a really strong interest in wrestling. She would uh, you would see videos of her and Shayna Baszler and the other horsewomen hitting the ropes and uh, doing wrestling stuff and talking about their love of wrestling. I mean, when she was in MMA, she went to Piper to ask permission to use his name when she had nothing to do with wrestling to pay homage to the guy. So when I see someone like that and suddenly they're involved in wrestling, I have no problem with it. I welcome her as if she's always been there, you know, because it, it comes off that way. But when it's just someone who you've never heard them mention the sport before and then they're just like, think I'll go try this out, I'm not that interested because I'm not here to prove that the performance center is successful and effective. We already know that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I'm not going to buy a bread maker just so that I can make bread. You know what I mean? I don't bake. 
<laughs> That's sort of how I'm looking at this. I believe that bread makers will make bread, but I'm just going to buy my loaves from the store. That's how I'm looking at it. Like, sure, you can take somebody who was a sports athlete and just uh, put them through this performance center factory and they'll come out the other side of wrestling. So what? I don't care. Just fight. Don't bake. Is that one? Yeah. Just fight. Don't bake. No. Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> what I mean, man. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like that's what they seem to be all about doing right now is uh just seeing who they can put in there that's already trained and giving them like the, the WWE credentials. Yeah, that's not the way to do it because you don't want them to come over and then fail because that just looks bad on you because it's like, why'd you bring them over? Yeah, and I've never really seen any of them. Has it, have we had any MMA guys come over here and flop? Um, Tank Abbott. I mean, that's one right out of the gate. Okay, um, that was fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rampage Jackson and Tito Ortiz never actually wrestled in Impact. So they just showed up and joined what was the Ace of the Nation, the main event mafia. <laughs> I still oh, like that. That God. was still so much fun to have. Ken Shamrock, I used to think, was really cool back when he showed up. It was like, all right, look at this. We got a UFC guy. He feels like a legitimate UFC guy. Sonia Deville was she really was she really in MMA? How come I don't remember seeing her in anything that we watched? She she never made it to one of the big places. She was one of those ones where it's like she would be in like the smaller companies, like some of those companies. Like she 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 was one of those fighters you would see on like the um the places that would get shown on like Access. You sure that was that that's a shoot role from that she I, has? So, so far? I think I think I looked it up once and it's like yeah she she had a brief career but she, she was there. You know how brief her career must have been? Oh, God. That's <laughs> yeah, George said she had one match that he's seen. He has <laughs> less matches than CM Punk and that other guy that fought him. Oh, God. I always, and remember, you always on here, I complained about how her gimmick always seemed like it didn't really match her. You come on here and you're, you're doing all these hard strikes and stuff and your music's so intense and you get pinned. You know, and, and then she, the chick, and then the chick with the hot music and the sexy stuff comes out, and she's the one that's doing most of the finishes and hitting, all, and <laughs> bringing bringing all the matches home. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I guarantee you, when WWE 2K20 comes out and we go to to Fire and Desire and we look at their stats, they definitely she's gonna be higher. <laughs> they definitely have Mandy Rose's numbers higher than Sonya Deville, one hundred percent. In I, WWE's I eyes, she's probably like an 85, and the other one's like a 75, and it's, and that's the one that's the MMA striking person. Oh, God, that's wonderful. You know? It's ridiculous. No, 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 George. She is no Eva. Enzo wasn't even an Eva. You disrespect that girl like that. No, man. <laughs> actually, man, I don't know why she gets so much slack. Has anybody noticed how tough she is? Mandy could take her ass kicking like me. I've seen, yeah. I've seen, like, what was it, um... I think it might have been Fastlane, maybe, when Asuka and Mandy fought, and Mandy took a legit route, like, spinning sidekick from from um, from um Asuka, and she yeah. took it to the chin like a G. I'm like, yeah, I got a problem with her, man. For her to look like that, because everyone's like, oh, it's her looks and everything. I've heard that she was born in the wrong era, like she's in the wrong wrestling era. No, look, for her to look like that takes her to be a level of athletic. You're not just going to form out like that. You know what I mean? You have to, in order to be there, you already have to be there, you know? So I think it goes hand in hand. I mean, George, she's not terrible. Like, we've seen much worse. You forget Oksana used to wrestle here. Yeah, Oksana was bad. Ava was bad. What about that other, the Funkadactyl, the, the, the stank Cameron. one? Yeah, Cameron. Yeah. You know, what about so you that? You see the one who barely remember her name. Like, Yo, they let yeah. her go so fast between tweets. <laughs> 
Remember she <laughs> she tweeted somebody somebody talked crap and then she she literally like like I backed that person whoever it was and then she was gone like thirty minutes later and they announced it on social media like they got rid of her so fast. But oh my God. speaking of people who get rid we get gotten rid of so fast, you see her. <laughs> hey look it's drunk you mcdrunkerson alicia fox it's everybody's favorite drinking buddy so uh we spoke briefly about the fact that uh, she was at SummerSlam, and she was at a party at, at a SummerSlam thing or whatever a fan thing i don't know exactly what it was but she was drunk apparently uh someone who was there uh, a fan gave one of their reports of her and they tweeted out saying y'all girl Alicia was leaning staff holding onto sis by the elbow and then they put S L X L Z K Z K L X O O O X O O. I'm guessing they're just laughing what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that was so oh, good what's up BB and and then he goes on to say, it was actually sad, but I couldn't believe it. She was hanging with the wrestlers while I was waiting for my friends to come to the hotel room. Then she got up. Fans were getting ready to swarm her, but stopped because it was obvious she was drunk. WWE staff was trying to contain her. Wow, like the T-virus, huh? Contain. They had to try to contain her. They needed to send in stars. Good Lord. You know how bad you have to be when people are not holding you back, not restricting you, but containing you. Like he's quarantined. Like, hey, what's up, BB? And I don't know how to, how to, how he wasn't on the greeting in the beginning. He he was here before the show even started. What kind of nonsense is this? I'm getting rid of that brunch bot. Brunch bot slipping. We're gonna break it and have to hire a full time human. We we go change it from an impact bot. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be Google search is gonna be popping up mid show. Yeah, but apparently Alicia was leaning. <laughs> Your girl Alicia. Bye, Alicia. Somebody get that toasted, man. That pisses me off. Like, you know what's so bad? Like, I, because uh, I have friends who drink. Like, me, me and my friends, we get together in the right times. We drink. But nobody has ever had to be contained. Like, <laughs> you lay somebody down on the couch, you put them in a room, something, but contained? Like, if it's not your birthday, Saints Patty Day, somebody's not getting married and or divorced, you don't get that drunk. That you require containment? No, I don't think you do. Not at all. <laughs> There's no time for celebration. I don't believe it was your birthday, Alicia. <laughs> it's kind of like, and I guess that's really the signs of alcoholism. If we were to go by Scott Hall and people like that, where it's kind of like she gets into social situations and doesn't know how to contribute to the heightened atmosphere. So then uses the alcohol as a way to sort of enhance it. You know what I mean? Like as a cheat code, if you will. One, of my, one of my favorite female comedians, uh, Cameron Elijah Schellinger. I keep hearing about her last name. She calls it the party goblin. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's like when you drink, like there's this other side of the that creeps out, but it's only when you hit a certain level. <laughs> Alicia's party goblin is probably more older than she is. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Matter of fact, give me a second. Let me find you that bit. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was lying. <laughs> like it's just yeah, I don't get it. Like 
come on, dude. Like, you have been on a bigger stage than this. It's like she's been on such bigger stage, such big stages. So it's like, how do you possibly just start screwing up stuff like this? Like, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Like, come on, girl, get it together. Like, Yeah, really? Like, you weren't even on that SummerSlam, and part of that is for the... Uh it's for a reason it's because of the way you were freaking acting like when we're hearing fan stories like this like that that that's not a good look like the next raw reunion she might not even be there <laughs> yeah check this out look alicia fox needs to be contained there containment done good old capcom re sound effects i can't believe you <laughs> you can't contain what is that? What is it called again? The drunk goblin? The party goblin. Oh, the party goblin. You can't contain the party goblin. Can't contain the party <laughs> goblin. There's another one. <laughs> that Wait, is I think I found a bit for you. Oh my God. It is fantastic. It was like, yeah, I didn't think about that. I haven't thought about that bit in so long. Like, like that. that's really like the first real life case I've seen of somebody's party goblin. You know, the funny thing is, both the, both the titles we have, we could use this shot. It'll work for both of them. That's just... We got Bye Felicia. We got Can't Contain the Party Goblin. Our shot can't just be her. <laughs> like, come, <laughs> on. come on, son. <laughs> I'd like to think the title compensates. Okay. <laughs> maybe we found that one when she was reaching out for freaking Travis Brown. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Maybe if we, maybe if we turn her into an actual goblin, Squires? I'd be more inclined. <laughs> you know. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like something like that would make more sense. Fucking right. drink goblin. the whole night. Here's my problem with that. Um, <laughs> it was a Friday night, and I'm a lady. I want to party, but I'm a lady. So if you only have one drink, that means I'm only going to have one drink. And if I only have one drink, how the hell am I supposed to want to touch you later? Okay? Yeah. Thank you for being honest. Do the math on that one, accountant. Yeah. Anyone that's not laughing at that, you're lying to yourself. That's what alcohol is for. Loosen yourself up a little bit. Make some choices you wouldn't normally make. Whatever, I had some wine. It's okay. That's what it's for. Otherwise, why waste the calories? Let's all just have a glass of warm milk and punch ourselves in the face. <laughs> he didn't even get alcohol. He had like a beer. He had like an IPA. <laughs> and he had like taken a sip of his... I was done with my vodka soda. I thought we were having a race. <laughs> Sipping on his beer. I'm down to the ice in my drink, tonguing it like a dog on a hot day. Just like... I'm running into the bathroom, taking shots of scope from the attendant, trying to get like a prison buzz, introduce alcohol. So I'm holding my breath, trying to just get some kind of high. My problem with it wasn't necessarily that he only had one drink. My problem with it really was that I had a problem with it. I'm 31, so I should have been mature about it. And had I been dating more in my 30s, I think I would have been okay with that situation. My friends that are in their mid-30s that have dated a lot of normal guys, they'd be okay with that drink. And I wish that I was. I, I wish I could have normal girl thoughts. I wish I'd sit there and have the drink and have normal girl thoughts. Like, this one drink is really nice. I'm so grateful. This is great. <laughs> he seems like a really sweet guy. Oh, he's got really nice eyes. I wonder what they look like in a jar. Like, normal thoughts. 
But I'm still of the mindset that when I get a drink in me, it sends a message to my brain that it's go time. That's what it says, all right? I'm 31, I'm not 90. It was a Friday, not a Tuesday during high tea. Let's make some fucking mistakes. That's what it's about. I got... And I feel like a lot of people are wired this way. I get a sip of liquor, it sends a message to my party goblin that it's time to do it. Everybody's got a party goblin. Some people have party goblins that have lost their ability to walk from partying too much. My party goblin sleeps on a bunk bed. She sleeps on the top bunk. My dignity sleeps on the bottom bunk. He is not invited. The second I taste liquor, it wakes her up. She smells it in my brain. She's sitting there dreaming of eating frozen pizza because she's a monster. Vodka. Top shelf. She goes to the megaphone that controls my actions. We've all had party goblin control our actions. You need to rage. Find the door guy, ask him if he has drugs. Do not specify. See what he comes up with. Do it. Fucking go. Jump on top of that table. Start dancing. There is no music. I will provide the music. La 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 la. You look so pretty. Jump off that table. Run outside. Push that cop. See if he finds it adorable. Ask him if you can touch his gun. The answer's always no. Go over that. Go over to that CVS, find the dairy aisle, grab some whipped cream, do some whippets. It might kill you. It's fucking worth it. Go outside, take a picture, put it on Instagram, take it down 10 minutes later, because oops, we could see your nipple. Like that's what I love. Why does that sound so much like that's what you would do? That is messed up. <laughs> Oh God! I can just see Alicia's party goblin. Who is that Ronda Rousey? Doesn't she know she know who I am? Some former Divas champion that nobody remembers. Alicia Fox. <laughs> oh God! Stop getting toasted, Alicia. Hey man, your party goblin gets you in trouble. Your party goblin about to be Impact Tag Team Champion. You better stop that girl. Oh man! <laughs> so you learned something new today. <laughs> Everybody's got a party goblin. Yeah, oh. I, that, I don't know. Do you think they're going to release or not? What the hell do you think is going to happen next in, in the case of uh, Alicia Fox? I mean, it's kind of weird for me because it's like she's not around enough to where they seem to care. Like, like, like I'd forgotten about her until Raw reunion. So it's like, I, I at this point, I mean, unless they want to, unless they don't want to deal with the fact that she's associated with them anymore, I could see them just releasing her. But I, I have no idea, really. That's what I would do, at least, because, I mean, yeah, the girl hasn't been on TV, and God knows how long she still works for the company. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the whole rehab thing should be something that definitely comes up. It should have came up already. That's what's crazy about it. Yeah, like, we've been hearing about this since the Aaron Anderson situation. They should have they stuck that girl in rehab right after that happened. I mean, like, yo, you need to get help. Like, this is bananas. And then a SummerSlam party at that too? Like, no, that's that's too much. Yeah, and that that is that could have been her last chance. I hope she didn't blow it. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that fan definitely sounds like they were entertained by it. Ugh. I mean, hey, you walk into somebody and somebody's four and a half sheets to the wind, you laugh. You might not be proud of it later on, but you laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I know because I laugh. <laughs> control, control. You must learn control. <laughs> oh God! No. I always wondered, like, if her party goblin is like the like the equivalent with like Vegeta became Majin Vegeta. It's like just dramatic display or something. Like you know, she comes up giggling and just starts breaking stuff. Like, Nah, but uh, like I said, that's one incident too many. This whole thing where everyone's responsible for their own actions has gone a bit too far. That should never be the case. Like, when they work for you, you're automatically responsible for their actions. Yeah, and not just slightly. Like, you're completely responsible for their actions. Yeah, because so. they represent you. Like, Yeah. But in other news, speaking of representatives, CM Punk onto some shit over the weekend, huh? Oh, God. Did you hear about this one? I did not, surprisingly. Uh, Apparently, there's an MMA company known as CFFC. And uh, this was on the UFC's Fight Pass, I guess, before the start of the official UFC pay-per-view. And uh, CM Punk's on commentary. I guess he does commentary for this company. And... uh, there was a fan behind him pissing him off. Like, I guess the fan was like being loud and cursing or whatever. And uh, he kind of goes off on the fan from what we're hearing here. So let's hear what happens exactly. Well, minor situation developing here. There was a, a gentleman that was right on the back of my broadcast partner here, and looks like he's now being uh, potentially escorted out of the building. Certainly unhappy. Certainly unhappy was Danny Holmes and some of his supporters as well. And uh, Got a little bit of a developing situation here. I think security is trying to get everything settled. Some of uh, Danny Holmes' supporters were not happy. I think they were actually kind of approaching my, my partner here, Mr. CM Punk. And uh, that was, of course, the, the green-shirted gentleman that you may have heard earlier uh, yelling uh, quite a few F-bombs over and over and over. So trying to get the order restored here from these gentlemen. I'm here with an IFB and a headset and I'm doing my fucking Dominique. did exactly what you're doing right now. You scream bullshit in my face. And I... CM Punk's always so angry, you know what <laughs> Like, he is so pissed off, like, all the time, man. Oh, he... God. Like, I, I know he was, I, I get it. I get that he was annoyed, but man, he just comes with such an angry dude. Oh, yeah. You know, all the time. Like, no matter what's going on, he's just ready to go off. Need to give that man a hug and a sugar cookie. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we're hearing that in order to, and we talked about this years ago on here, but The Undertaker, there's something called The Undertaker Experience, where basically this is in Comic-Con, Scotland, October 13th at the Royal Highland Center in Edinburgh, Scotland. So, you get the Undertaker Experience, which is a 30-minute meet-and-greet in a private area, private intimate area. Uh, 
and you'll get selfies and an autograph. So you're going to get to hang out with The Undertaker more or less privately for half an hour. Because then it costs you $619.41. You want to hang out with the man for half an hour privately. I don't know. What do you think of that price? I mean, it's big evil. The legend of all legends. I, 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 it sounds pretty worth it. Especially because you don't see too many. You see him every now and then those videos when he's just completely out of character. It definitely seems like a one of a kind experience to know you're basically sitting there chatting with Mark Calloway rather than The Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. If you just want an autograph from him, uh, it'll be $125. So that is, that's not too bad, I guess. It's 42 to get into the event and $125 to actually get the autograph. Those take a prices, boy. Oh, yeah. We talked about what we were, <laughs> God, if I can remember the exact bit we talked about before, like hooking a Pop-Tart in that man's presence. Yeah, that a lot of money. <laughs> that it could bankrupt you. That was the whole the whole theme of it, right? <laughs> that 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 a Pop Tart and Undertaker Pop Tart could bankrupt you. <laughs> you got a mortgage on a house to make a Pop Tart in the same room with That's some scary shit when you think about it. <laughs> you know? How did you lose you everything? Undertaker Pop Tart. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. So Rusev has changed his look. Looks very different. Wow. He looks like a completely... I, I thought that was Buff Bagwell for a second. I <laughs> Like, not even a joke. I really thought he looked like Buff Bagwell. Yeah, that is, that is, <laughs> that is definitely a different look. And this, this, also, you see it now, <laughs> this also lends to the speculation that uh, he's going to be leaving. You know, because we hear him and Lana on the fence about staying in WWE. Well, they need to jump to the side of the fence that involves them leaving. Yeah, they never really utilized them the way that they could. I mean, I'm glad they once, got some exposure, but now they really need to get out of there. Once his winning streak died at WrestleMania, that was it. <laughs> I was surprised he even got that world title match against AJ Styles. Like, I was shocked. Like, that was a victory in itself. But, I mean, yeah, go on somewhere else, anywhere else. Virtually anywhere will treat you better than you're being treated down. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks good. Like you just—it's different. Very different. But uh, his wife has been in the spotlight recently as well, because oh, uh, and she does this quite regularly. So it's just that we don't always cover it because we have other stuff going on. But she uh, she posts photos on Instagram, and they're really revealing photos. Like every single one of them is like crazy revealing. Like you can see everything, and like some people like them, some people don't like them. This was a photo asking for suggestions of stuff that she can watch on uh, Hulu. I guess is what the thing was. Oh yeah, Lana's photos on Twitter, get, I mean on Instagram, are um, yeah, not no, very little to the imagination. You just way to put it. <laughs> I find this to be one of the tamer ones. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. This is this is child's play. <laughs> hey, listen. Obviously, the girl likes to be naked. I obviously like for her to be naked. <laughs> um, you know, I don't see. I'm not complaining. You know, I'm not seeing too much of an issue here. I know people. Some of the comments are mean to her, where they're like, you know, you know, little girls look around. I was like, listen, chill out here. First okay. of all, if your kids are on Lana's Instagram, I need you to parent your kids better. All right, <laughs> like, that's not on them. That's your fault. <laughs> Your kids will have tits one day, 
too. That's life. <laughs> deal with it. Oh my Income intense. Deal with it. It's like we're gonna judge Lana because of that. It's like oh, it's like come on, give me a break. Like, I, I hate how this world's become where it's like, oh, we have to protect the children. It's like, no, you don't want your kid to see something, make sure they can't see it. That same thing with like the whole violent video games thing they start up again. Oh, our kids are our video games are making our kids violent. No, <laughs> the video games are preventing these kids from being violent. It's the fact that you don't teach your kids what's right and wrong. Don't put that on everybody else because you're too lazy to be a parent. Like, don't no. <laughs> if Lana wanna be naked, Lana could be naked, all right. Yeah, absolutely. I got no complaints here. I think she's not a nary complaint here. Yeah, she came from like a repressed country and had all these crazy things happen to her. If you ever listen to her podcast with Lillian Garcia, now she's living a good life. Let her live it. Yeah, have some fun. Life's too short. Yeah, right. It really (laughs) is too short. I know everybody's gonna wanna. Everybody's gonna wanna see these. Uh, the picture of Lana. (laughs) Stacy said, "Let her be naked for pity's sake." (laughs) I really hope she said it with that accent too. I like that Lord of the Rings remix. (laughs) <laughs> pity sake. Oh, goodness. Yeah, right. She looks good, though. I'm glad to see the both of them are doing pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, leave the pickup. No. <laughs> 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 we ain't going to be responsible for your sticky keyboard, all right? We. <laughs> I mean, he applied it. I, mean, I just went along with it. Like, though, he started, I finished it. Well, in his case, he finished it, but <laughs> it's not even Tuesday. My God. <sighs> All right. Well, we should talk a little bit about what is being called the Wednesday Night Wars, no? Yeah. A brand new war is a coming. Yeah, the freaking Wednesday Night Wars. How do you guys feel about it? Considering who the players are in this war, assuming things go well on um, WWE's end, I'm excited. Hmm. It's going to be fun. Well, we're going to go into details as best as we can. A lot of stuff has broken in the last week. So from what we're hearing, uh, apparently Fox, as we all know, we've spoken about on here, Fox was counting on AEW being a big part of uh i'm sorry on smackdown and and uh nxt being a big part of them being branded more like the wwe network not the literal network but the network the channel the wwe channel you know the way they used to be associated with ufc that's the kind of relationship they wanted to have with wwe and uh there was a swerve that was basically thrown their way at least take it with a grain of salt because Meltzer is quoted as saying Fox obviously thought that they were getting the Wednesday show on FS1 and FS1 obviously lost God knows how many hours of UFC programming, which hurts them because UFC programming is some of the strongest stuff they, they had. NASCAR was kind of like the strongest, I think on FS1, but UFC was very strong on FS1 and they lost all of that. Part of the deal was the idea that the money that we're going to spend on UFC, we're going to spend on WWE. They had a shot, but the thing is that if nobody, said anything then people would be like whatever but they told their affiliates that they were going to be getting nxt and they're not so that tells me that they thought strongly so now 
you've got a thing of, okay, are we gonna? It wasn't like we're gonna have two hours of SmackDown or we're gonna have this talk show and we're gonna have all this other stuff, you know, all this other special program. It was like we're gonna be the WWE station, but they're gonna have three hours on the USA Network. Now all of a sudden, WWE has made it so that Fox is not the WWE channel, USA is. So because USA has Miz and Mrs., they're gonna have the Stone Cold show, the Raw, and then they'll have NXT. So that's i don't know what the deal was or maybe something fell through with the fox deal maybe fox themselves i think it's too soon for people to assume that fox will swerve like that maybe fox themselves realized that with their programming or with their sports obligations that they just didn't have a block of programming for it on wednesday yeah a lot of stuff goes on fox so they just might not have had a a place to slip nxt in yeah, I'm going to want to hear more details before I assume that WWE just decided to screw over someone that they just started to go into business with because that doesn't really make any sense whatsoever. They can't be that stupid. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that something happened. USA was a better fit for whatever. Or maybe it did come down to USA wasn't offering, um, as I mean, uh, Fox wasn't offering as good of a deal or as good of money. Maybe it was something where I'm hoping, I'm trying to be optimistic that this doesn't mean it's going to be pulled from the WWE Network. Maybe the deal that USA offered them allowed them to keep it on the WWE Network. It could be something like that where Fox wants exclusivity to it. You know what yeah, I mean? Because that it, would be better for both USA and NXT. Yeah, because I think it should be there for the people who have been loyal to this thing from the beginning. So um, yeah, It's probably the most, it's, I, I'm, I'm willing to highly bet it's the most watched thing on the network. Yeah, I am too. And uh, apparently what we're hearing is that uh, Vince is really the one that uh, was really adamant about it being on USA because he doesn't want to lose this Wednesday night war. Uh, He feels that there's already wrestling fans that are established on the USA network that are not used to Fox Sports 1, whereas UFC fans are more used to Fox Sports 1. But if it's not a station that you're familiar with, then he'd rather it be somewhere that already has raw so that he has the same demographic tuning in so that that means he's pretty much using the full force of his established demographic to be able to beat uh AEW in these Wednesday night wars. Yeah. Whereas with Fox Sports 1, it would almost be like he's starting fresh like them, you know. And that being said, from what Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer is reporting, he's saying that uh this is different from the last war because uh, he's spoken to people in AEW and WWE. And, and even though Nick Jackson sent out a few tweets like bring it on and they're ready and all of this other stuff, they said that the one person who's really obsessed and crazy about having a war isn't Tony Khan or Chris Jericho or Cody or the Bucks or Triple H. It's Vince. They said that Vince, they, 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 we've been hearing from both sides that Vince... Uh, as well as the WWE people are saying that uh, he he just wants to he's obsessed with doing this and and like right now it's a bad time to be a WWE production person like he's really pushing aggressively like he's the one trying to make it into a war so that's something to be very mindful of as far yeah. as the fact that they're going to be moving to the USA network that's kind of the vibe I've always felt where it's like AEW is literally just trying to exist and give somebody else something else to watch. Whereas Vince is just like, oh, it's a war. They're coming for us. And it's like, it's not not quite that simple, man. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, this means that there's going to be like a lot of different changes that are going to be happening to the company. People are worried about 
what another reason why Vince might have decided to put it on USA is because of the fact that they aired an episode of NXT December 13th of 2017. Um, that was during, remember they had something special called WWE week where there was WWE programming every single day of the week. And one yep. of those weeks was a special NXT episode. I remember that. That was they, the first time. If you hadn't had the network, that was really your first time ever seeing what NXT could do. Right. That episode. And that's pretty much two weeks into December. Think about what a busy season that is. That episode brought in 841,000 overnight viewers. Think about that. Yeah. That's a big, that's quite a jump. You know, so, and that was with very little promotion. Now this thing is already being hyped up. You know, look at it that way. Exactly. You know, they have to do a little bit better when it comes to uh, promotion this time around because they are dealing with some heavy promotion, you know, as far as in the sense of AEW. Exactly. Before it was just, hey, NXT's here and there. If you've never seen it on the network, check it out now. It's just like, hey, NXT's coming here, but AEW's right there next to them. Yeah. And we're hearing that presumably the wrestlers are going to make a little bit more money. Um, but when you really look at how much money WWE is going to be making as a result of these TV deals, the, the wrestlers themselves are getting paid barely nothing uh, compared to the scale of money that they're going to be making in doing this. So... You know, it seems like this is pretty much all going. As a matter of fact, Chris Jericho uh, was on uh, Busted Open Radio, and that was yesterday. And uh, he actually spoiled it in a sense because WWE never announced it. But he outright on that podcast said that uh, they're going to be starting on the WWE Network September 25th which is one week before AEW starts on TNT. But Wrestling Observer today said that it's going to actually be starting September 18th, which is what prompted Nick Jackson to tweet out, we aren't scared. So September 18th is right around the corner. It's under a month away. That might be where they're dropping this on the USA Network. Uh, Commendable for Nick Jackson to say we aren't scared, but I mean, that is a, a really, really strong power move that WWE pulled. They, they're starting before them. They're on the USA Network. They're taking a, a familiar time slot. And they're probably going to be using the next month to advertise it on Raw and SmackDown. It wouldn't surprise me if you start seeing more NXT superstars showing up on Raw and SmackDown in the next few weeks to promote this third brand. So they're preparing to make this AEW thing go away before it even gets started by doing things like that. Because regardless of what wrestling fans feel, uh, the people who are, who are, you know, straight up WWE fans, they're going to stick with their WWE brand. It's what they know. It's what they're going to want to be part of. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, why, why steer away from something you're already used to? Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, which I mean... I would hope it worked out the best for both ends. I mean, have both ends rolling strong, so then you have two power brands constantly trying to outdo one another. But it makes to where nobody goes away, everybody survives, but you're still getting the best on both ends. Mm-hmm. Which, unfortunately, there's a lot of speculation. You know, like um, we're hearing that NXT TakeOver 
will be gone. You know, it won't be the way that you know it. It'll be, um, there'll be takeovers, but they'll probably be done in competition to AEW's paper, pay-per-views. You know, these, these, uh, takeovers are being done by Triple H with the, you know, and, and with his design and his vision of what it is. But that's going to be over with because Vince is going to be the one putting together the takeovers and he's going to probably have most of the influence going forward when it comes to NXT. I told you on here last week that if NXT goes to a big station, there's no way that Vince and Kevin Dunn are just going to leave it with the people that are running it because they're invested in it because it's the company that they're dealing with all these years and the ratings and everything else uh, is going to be like a big thing for them. You know, so I mean... At the end of the day, you're probably going to have, you know, Meltzer saying that McMahon might still allow Triple H to keep running it. But uh, if the ratings slip, that might change. But at the same time, moving to USA Networks considered a bigger deal than being on Fox Sports 1. So there's a good chance that he could just, Vince could just wind up taking over NXT and it'll become his third brand. So you're going to have the people that run Raw and SmackDown running NXT, possibly effective immediately. You know, we're hearing that the crew itself is nervous about moving to TV, that there's an uncertain feeling about what's going to happen. You know, um, we're hearing that Vince is going to be bringing main roster guys to NXT because he's going to want a lot of USA Network crossover. Um, We're going to have Raw and SmackDown people showing up on NXT. Um, And pretty much everything, as you know, it is apparently going to change. You know, they said, you know, now, now NXT being live is going to be subject for rewrites the way that they seem to be doing live to Raw and SmackDown every single week up to this point. So you're going to be getting rewrites. You know, these are all of the things that are going to wind up happening. So, yeah, the, it it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah, I think the best move, I can understand where Vince and Kevin Dunn would be coming from, where it's like, hey, this is USA, this is a big network, but they have to see what NXT is, and right now, it's the thing that if you see a big weekend pack with WWE stuff, it's the thing a lot of people are the most excited for, because they know... Like I've said on TakeOver post shows before, it's the craziest game or can you top this ever amongst those guys. So Triple H has shown, hey, you let him, You when this place comes to NXT, Triple H has shown he can handle it. He can deal with it. Yeah, it might be a longer show. Things might change up, but they don't need to completely change it to make it just like Raw and SmackDown. If you wanted to go up against AEW, right now NXT is the closest thing they have to that. You're correct, but at the same time, I don't think that's what they want. You know, I think they want something that accommodates the USA, the USA Network, and uh, it stands strong. You know, unfortunately, I think you're right. I just think that that's not what they, the direction that they're going to go in. It's never yeah. been the direction that they've gone. And name me one time that something that they've done has been that way. And yeah, that's, done that's a lot. true. Not one thing they've done have they ever not been able to just turn into the regular WWE product. When they first acquired WCW and they tried to turn it into an actual WCW, that didn't work. And we just got the shitty invasion. You know, when yeah. uh, when they tried to bring back ECW, we got a couple of cool one night stands, and then it became that horrible show that was basically the the dark matches of Raw. You know. Anytime they try to take anything and make it into a part of incorporated into the USA family, it turns into the same crap. 
So they and might. That's, and I think that's going to do NXT a lot more harm than good, which is not what NXT would need if it'd be going up against another show. I think at the end of the day, they, they care more about getting attention and beating AEW than they care about how it's going to affect uh, NXT. At least Vince would see it that way. Yeah. Problem is with that, with how dedicated the NXT universe is, you don't want to mess that show up and then they realize, hey, there's somewhere else I can go for that same type of action on a Wednesday night. That's a risk, too. But yeah, that's that, that's risk. a serious risk they're taking because if that bites them, it's going to bite them hard because we've seen from TVs and takeovers how much that full sale crowd loves that show. You ruin that for them. That's a lot of people you're pissing off. But they might mark out, too, if you're going to have SmackDown and Raw people popping up every week. That's true. That's the thing I was thinking of, because that's what made when Sasha and Bayley won the women's tag titles so cool. It was like, hey, they're going to come down to NXT and defend these titles, too. For them to give them that, it would it would be really cool, because, for example, with uh, Fandango, who recently came back, Fandango had never been to NXT. So you would get the opportunity to see guys who had never been there before go up against some of the NXT guys and really give – I think that would also also benefit a Survivor Series because now it's a third player. It's not just a one-on-one war anymore. It's literally a three-way dance at that whole pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a complicated situation. Apparently, during the last set of tapings, um, fans said that the event – was uh really long they said it felt more like two a two-hour show with six matches and two segments so it's possible that they've already pre-taped um episodes for the usa network um and the reason why we say pre-taped is because uh basically we're hearing that uh triple h has sort of uh led to the fact that it's probably going to go live every other week. He told people things during a call that give them the impressions every other week will be live, which I don't know. That could be something that might hurt them if AEW is live weekly. We'll have to see how yeah. that works in contrast or if people even notice a lot of time people don't even care. Yeah. Now, the one thing that NXT going live, which I would be definitely very excited with, that would be basically stopped. NXT spoilers. A lot of fans and a lot of uh, article writers like to spoil some of the big moments that happened at take at TakeOver. Like when we get into Raw, I don't know how many people noticed, but there was an aftermath for my NXT on Raw. But that would be one thing that would stop, which would be great to have that stop because there's a lot of moments that have been spoiled on social media through those ones. Like when Ciampa won, NXT, won the NXT title. Fans who seen the spoilers had known maybe a month in advance, whether it had been Velveteen Dream winning the North American title. A lot of things like that get spoiled through those uh, spoiler moments because they tape so far in advance. So them being live would prevent that from happening. It also gives them an opportunity to fine tune the product, though. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of a it's really complex. There's so many things that have to line up for this to be perfect. And if just one goes wrong, it'll be like a domino effect. They're looking at this from a business standpoint, and if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, the stocks have risen since they've announced this, you know. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so apparently they the, the stocks are up to $72.46, which is up $2.85. Ooh, I wish I knew more about stocks. I'd be excited. <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that it's going up. <laughs> okay, right? You're like, I don't care about that. 
I'm just sitting there like, oh, I'm, I'm sitting there trying to think, okay, how good is that in the world of stocks? I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's going up. So that's something. <laughs> yeah. And while you're talking about leaks and stuff like that, apparently they want to crack down on uh, all of the people that are leaking information, which is what we're talking about on here. You know, they want to crack down on, uh, you know, limiting non-essential personnel backstage at TV. There's going to be a lot of quote unquote lip tightening. You know, they may reinstate the NDAs and all that other stuff, non-disclosure agreements for anyone who doesn't know what that is. You know, yes, so. I wouldn't be against it because, I mean, I remember when being a kid, half the half the excitement of certain things happening was I didn't know it was going to happen. Well, no, they want to do the disclosure agreements on stuff like the fact that they're going to be announcing NXT for Wednesday nights and stuff like that. They don't like that, like, you know, people, the dirt sheets us know that before they announce it. That's what they want to crack down on. Not so much the storylines as it is um, just NXT as a whole. um, Yeah, like I said, the whole the whole landscape of wrestling is going to change. It's inevitable at this point. You know, October is going to be a wild one. Yeah, like nothing will ever be the same after this. And uh, it'll be for the better or the worse. You know what I mean? Like we can't definitely say for sure how this is going to turn out or what's going to happen. I think that you're going to wind up just with good competition across the board. I don't see anything drastic changing, especially because honestly, WWE hasn't been bad. You know, yeah, it, it hasn't been like the worst thing I've seen, but it would definitely be good for them to get a little bit of a kick in the pants to step things up a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's what they've needed for a while, you know? Yeah. They got they got complacent. They got stale. It's like you need somebody to give you a reason to be better. They haven't had that. Impact had that chance and blew it almost instantly when all they did was just bring some of their old guys over and they turn it into their own WWE. Like, mm-hmm. it's something different. Yeah, and hopefully they don't get rid of Triple H or his vision of this company, and I hopefully hopefully he keeps it as what it is. I don't think that anything should change. I ideally huh? I like to think that everything would stay the same and everyone's just panicking prematurely, but you know, uh, history would show us that it it hasn't been that way. They usually do mess up their own stuff. You know, exactly. Because I mean, Triple H has done a fantastic job with um the with the NXT product. Uh, if you ever, if you, if anybody else has ever seen uh, the WWE's PC YouTube, you'll see things like where he's interacting with different superstars. Like when Ciampa had to announce his injury, he has a bond with that NXT locker room. Probably the craziest thing he's seen since Dusty. Yeah. So like that's really like he he has so much love and appreciation for that brand, and it's kind of funny to think that like we've seen a thousand times the old new champion ritual of getting the chance, getting the picture with triple H. That's something it's not just a gimmick. It's just like, he really enjoys getting to celebrate that moment with basically his NXT kids. Yeah, absolutely. He puts a lot of work into it. He actually, um, they actually uploaded a video of the WW performance center where he talked about the difference between the advantages of the long term term storylines that he can do there versus the main roster storylines. So I want you guys to hear a little bit of that and we'll link to the entire thing. I think think a little of both. I think there's intention there to run long-term storylines and to keep those story arcs going when you can. But some of it is, um, it's just how it ended up because we have the, we have the luxury of not having to write three hours of live television every week or, uh, get through, you know, multiple hours of that with multiple pay-per-views 
um, in a short period of time. You have, when you have a monthly pay-per-view and three hours of live TV every week, TV every week, like you do with a Raw, that is an exponentially different way of writing that makes you have to go through stuff faster and burn through things when you can do it on a much more, you know, one hour, much slower pace and you can tell that story where you're not bombarded by it at all times. You can you can make that last a lot longer and draw it out over time. And then some of those storylines are also things that I find, I'm sure a lot of people do that, that write stuff like this. For us, things happen, injuries happen, um, you know, where you have to change your thinking on something. you in the middle of a storyline and, you know, Ciampa gets injured, so you have to go a completely different way. But sometimes the genius comes out of that chaos, like where, you know, something happens, and in the moment that it happens, you think, like, oh, my God, this has ruined everything about this. But so you make a left, and it ends up being even better. And when you come back to it, you're almost like, wow, that, that turned out better than what we actually had laid out. So sometimes that, that, that genius comes out of it, you know, the, the genius moment is something that you didn't intend on, but kind of fell in your lap, you know. So the the show happens. It's dope. It's incredible. It all starts. To Every now and then, you get like a surprise rapper guy oh, comes on there and kills it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what we look forward to the most: the surprise rappers. Especially when he's interviewing Triple H. <laughs> was that a rapper? Yeah, that was Josiah Williams. That was the guy who uh, rapped Adam Cole's theme music. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, you guys talked about that when that happened. Yeah, I yeah. Which I mean, I've actually I, I found his channel on YouTube. He's done stuff for Marty Scroll. He's done stuff for Pete Dunn. Like he, that dude is good. <laughs> if you ever get a chance, find some of his stuff. Oh my god, that dude has some talent. Yeah, definitely. That is what it is all about, man. You know, all these guys. It's too bad they didn't keep their original musician. Yeah. Oh, dude. Freaking. Oh, God. Like, this guy, the CFO dollar sign, hashtag, whatever his face is. You're not a Jim Johnson, my friend. Like, you're pretty, you're pretty good, but you're not Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson yeah. would add the sound effects to Ricochet and Alistair Black music. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, what the hell's next in store with these companies with all these free agents? Yeah, a lot of lot of faces getting swapped around. It's gonna be interesting. It's kind of funny when it comes to the WWE. Fox isn't the only big deal they got um, going on in October. Of course, we announced uh, October twenty second. Their newest two uh, K shows up, which there's finally more information out. And this bit I'm excited about because they've announced not only the pre order character but some information with a. Uh, 2k originals basically if you pre-order wwe 2k 20 this year you get the fiend bray wyatt as a playable character on your roster which that's exciting because i mean the fiend just showed up at SummerSlam. so he is a pre-order character i wasn't he will i heard he he will be the pre-order game but i wasn't i wasn't sure if he was considered the pre-order character yeah he will be the pre-order but he's not all because also for pre-ordering it you mentioned um that Originals will come with an extra show with more showcase content. You get the first episode, the first, the first extra episode. 2K Showcase presents Bump in the Night. Basically, Bump in the Night is going to be it's going to capitalize on the supernatural vibe that Originals is going to have. And this story is actually going to be starring Finn Balor. Basically, how the story is going to work is uh, it's an alternative, basically the Swamp Father, Swamp Father version of Bray Wyatt. 
And he's he's gotten some otherworldly powers and basically embodies the swamp itself, which is where the screenshot of um the swamp like arena and the Frankenstrom and everything come in. Basically, how this story is going to work is that he lures Finn Balor to his, comp- his compound and basically trying to recruit the demon's power into this group of supernatural powered superstars he calls the family. The family. In this showcase, you're going to be forced to fight in a series of matches against the Wyatt family, um, against Wyatt's family, until basically Balor's powers are finally going to be unleashed. So it's going to give this, the demon a supernatural um, aura to it. But with this new showcase episode comes some supernatural versions of some of our favorite superstars. Obviously, we're going to get the Demon King, Finn Balor, just as I mentioned, the Swamp Father, Bray Wyatt. We're getting Frankenstroman, a Frankenstein spin on a Braun Strowman, Wicked Aleister Black, the Unleashed Apex Predator, Randy Orton, Fed Up Sheamus. Twisted Nikki Cross, so Nikki Cross was announced as making her return to the games this year after missing last year. Survivor Mandy Rose and two mystery versions of uh, WWE superstars, which have not been announced just yet. But yeah, these it's gonna be um they're, they're taking a lot. This is what they mentioned before when they said after the um the multiverse section of of uh, two of the showcase mode last year. But now this original is going to be a little bit more of a supernatural vibe to it. But the coolest part about it is, is that if you um, get the deluxe version of the game, there are three more originals packs coming along with it. Not sure when they're coming yet, exactly what's going to be a part of them. But Bump in the Night is basically going to be the pre-order bonus one. So it's called Bump in the Night. Yes, that's going to be the first episode, um, the extra showcase episode that's going to be popping up. So showcase mode Bump in the Night. It's going to be different. So along with the women's revolution, you will get bump of the night. Very cool. Very, yeah, very I, cool. And I think the that, Bray Wyatt thing being incorporated because I was worried. It's funny you bring this up because I was thinking to myself, normally when WWE games are this deep into production, you don't get some of the gimmicks or changes that happen. And I wasn't sure if the fiend Bray Wyatt made it into it. It's kind of cool because I've seen them do something like this before. It was about two years ago. Um, in 2K18, the model for Balor's Demon had just shown up at that past SummerSlam. So it's not unfamiliar for 2K to whip something out right off of a big appearance. But it's cool that Bray's Fiend is going to be in this game. Because, I mean, people are still reeling off of SummerSlam. People are still talking about what's probably the craziest thing I think I've ever seen with that entrance. And it's just, it's exciting. You know, like, this is going to be a big deal to reserve this game and get this character now because it'll be thrown right into your ass roster. And I'm kind of excited because being a big horror movie fan, I'm excited to see what this bump in the night showcase is going to be like. Yeah, that does sound really cool. And, uh, hello, C room. I remember you. What's How's up, it going? Man? Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome, sir. And, uh, while we're talking about the fiend a little bit, uh, Braun Strowman spoke, to gorilla position it's funny to bring him up but he spoke a little bit about bray wyatt's fiend character and uh i just wanted you guys to hear this i'll link you to the whole interview obviously what do you think about this whole new persona that he has oh man I, bray wyatt is just his mind is like no one else's the things he's capable of thinking up and coming up with like this whole everything is his idea all this fun house everything it's, it's great to have Bray back, especially, too, in the locker room for morale, everything with the guys. Like, he is the 
one of our top stars. He's one of the locker room leaders. He's one of my best friends. I mean, he just had his first son. I've been honored to be the godfather's first son. I mean, we're close. Bray's one of my best friends. And it's good to have him back. I love seeing what he's doing. This Fiend character is getting me excited as a fan watching, but it's also getting Braun excited as that's somebody that I want to work with because I know one day that's going to be a money match. So could we see could we see Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt team together in the future maybe? You never know. We could either team or we could fight. Friend or foe, we're going to get after it one of these days. And yeah. Oh, um, yeah, there you have it. He, he pretty much does it all he came up with all of that stuff by himself that's incredible yeah i heard that the band that did his uh music what are they called again um uh i believe it's god i keep forgetting the name oh it's not i think it's, it's some damn it it, it slips my mind but i remember because they've done stuff with nxt before yeah well those guys apparently uh they approached him and they wanted to do something with him that's how he wound up with the new music yeah which i mean one thing I did hear about the fiend, how they're going to work with that character, which is kind of cool. We got an example of it tonight. Is it's not going to be like most debuting characters like this. There's no real way to predict when it's going to show up. Like it's not going to be like, oh, it debuted at SummerSlam over here. It is after SummerSlam. We saw it at SummerSlam. We might not see it for another two weeks. We might see it every week for about a month and not see it for three weeks. You never know when it's going to show up. So he gives a great deal of unpredictability with that character. That is really cool. And there's no, no there's really no rhyme or reason for it to show up. It could literally be Sasha Banks and Bailey having a match and boom, fiend. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which I, I like that they're giving Bray freedom with that because that shows how smart he really is and how good he is at coming up with that thing. Because, I mean, it hasn't been since the first time the demon showed up in NXT that I saw a match get holy shit chance before the match even started. Yeah, and uh, it's because it was done so well, and it's because it, yeah. it does have a lot of creative stuff. He was able to, you know, when you look at it, the character of Bray Wyatt hasn't been around long in the grand scheme of wrestling, and yet he has already reinvented himself uh, in a really cool way. Yeah, the crowd's always been behind him, too. They've always loved the character. They just wanted to see it succeed. So it's like now with this new Fiend character, which I can't wait to see what he's going to look like in the game, it's going to be absolutely amazing. And I'm so happy that Bray's gotten to get to just let him go with this character because it came out fantastic. Everything from the mask to uh, Bray's head being the lantern, the remix of his original theme. So it's it, it's exciting to see what this character is going to be capable of. It's going to be amazing to turn him loose in the game. Like every aspect of this character is getting better and better and better. And I'm more excited about it. I was sitting there watching Raw last week on pins and needles, waiting for the lights to go out. And it didn't happen. I was so sad. And I was like, that's the reaction you need to get with a character. When he doesn't show up, people are sad he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like we talked about this a week ago. How I would prefer that he's not always used. That he has to remain special. Yeah. And having it be an unpredictable schedule of showing up makes it special. Because then when you do show up, when he does show up, you weren't really thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, there was some t- talk. Um, Tom Collihue said that uh, the people in WWE were saying that they wanted to tone down The Fiend. Um, because, I don't know, I guess he's a little bit too intense. And uh, they wanted they wanted to scale it back a little bit. But then Brad Shepard reported that... Uh, He's told not to be alarmed because those in power love the character. 
So I would sooner assume that it's going to be left alone. I hope it is. There's no need to tone anything down. I like the whole dark yeah. tone of it. it. It is legit scary the way that it's done and dealt with. They, they, they shouldn't mess with it. Even the way that like when he um, shows up randomly and attacks somebody, that creepy music in the background never stops playing. So it's like little things like that. There's nothing really to turn down about it because it's like the character's not even at all off the wall. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit intense. Yeah, it's kind of scary. But it's like that's why it's working so well because it's scary. We haven't had scary in a long time. Yeah, no, we definitely haven't. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's done, it's done really well. And the fact that he's a good wrestler helps immensely. Oh, yes. You know. I remember uh, a friend of mine said once he was just like, "Oh, I hope he just had, had to, just doesn't have the same Bray Wyatt moveset." I was like, you know, "The problem though, there was no problem with Bray's moveset. It was a big guy who could hit you really hard. That realistically fits perfect for the Fiend's character." Yeah, no, I never had an issue with his moveset. Surprise! It's, it's always been a cool one. I guess he just figured like it's a different character. But it's like I mean, it's not really in sense a different character as much as it's an extension of Bray's mind. Yeah, George, the lantern being too realistic, that was the best part, is that it would look too real. I heard that they edited it out of the YouTube video because they were uncomfortable about how the lantern looked. Mm, I haven't seen anything different, because, I mean, I've watched, yes, I've watched the YouTube video, I don't know how many times, and I've always seen the lantern there, so. Yeah, it would be weird for them to just decide, oh, we're scared of the lantern. Like, really? What? (laughs) I mean, it has such a cool symbolism to it, like. Write that one down, we're scared of the lantern. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know there you go right there oh man that, yeah, yeah that, I thought that's it was really cool awesome looking. it's supposed to be like i guess his decapitated head which is what the dark tone of the entire thing is yeah it's almost like a bit like i'm destroying the old character and bringing something new mm-hmm. but yeah i that that just has me so much more excited about this game now because I mean I'm usually always excited about pre-order bonuses. I haven't been this excited about one in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. But um, there's another person who's had some interesting stuff going on, and that's uh your boy Jeff Hardy that you see recently. He's been singing on uh, social media. Yes, and he teased. Yeah, wait, 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 no, 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 no. We're just gonna oh, show him singing on social media. <laughs> that's the important part. That's the best part. That's what y'all came to see. It's been a while since I could say that I wasn't addicted. It's been a while since I could say I love myself as well. Okay, 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 enough, enough, enough. Yeah, so now the internet's starting to think maybe Willow might be making its first appearance in WWE. Oh, Lord. See, I didn't have that much of a problem with Willow in TNA just because it was so much a departure from the Jeff Hardy I'd seen before. And I enjoy. I actually did like his theme, theme song enough to the point where the year after it showed up for Horror Hill, I was Willow in the yard. It was great. But <laughs> I'll, I'll say this about Willow. Every I've never related with the character or the gimmick, 
but every moment of his existence was worth seeing Jeff Hardy get thrown into the lake of reincarnation and reemerge laughing. <laughs> like it didn't matter if I was into it or not, or if I liked the gimmick or any of that, but anything that that character did, or I had to tolerate, cause I always thought it was weird, was just 100% worth that moment where he went into that lake and came out. Like I popped for that just cause of how, <laughs> how batshit crazy that was. Like when it happened, it was like, is this really? I'll going never down? forget listening to when you guys did a reaction to that. And just the fact that you quote something like, what's Jason going to come out? And I was like, oh, God, he doesn't know. <laughs> but it's it's kind of cool because, I mean, that's a character he came up with way back in Omega, the company him and Matt ran. And I did like the fact that TNA let him bring it to life in their stage. But, I mean, with the Fiend around, it's not like they could use the excuse of like, oh, it's too scary. Like, you could let him pull the trigger and see what happens. I mean, what's the worst they could do? It flops. Like, that certainly wouldn't be any good. You know, he said it could have been worse. He could have been itch weed. Which, yeah. Which would, would, I barely <laughs> even remember the whole thing of that. <laughs> I can't believe you with the itch weed. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. You got, If you had to pick between Willow and itch weed, you're picking freaking Willow. I know I am. <laughs> that is something else, man. We always sound like he chugged 42 Red Bulls before he walked out in front of the camera. I'm like, that is too good, man. All right. Well, interesting news involving good old JR. He has this podcast called Grillin' JR, where people ask him questions and he answers about stuff that he knows from the past and stuff. And somebody asked him about, and this has been going on with a lot of podcasts, apparently. Um, I heard Cornette talking about it. There was a, st- a discussion about uh, back years ago during the territory eras, everyone's solution to Vince taking over was to try to have him killed. There was like an assassination attempt. They were going to try to try to kill. They just wanted to take the guy out. You hear anything about this? I think I heard something briefly. The last time I heard about somebody snapping and murdering somebody was when Tommy Dreamer talked on his podcast about how he almost killed Paulie. Oh, yeah, that was messed up. That was dark, man. I didn't even put yeah. that shit on here because it was so dark. It was like, ooh, that is crazy. He was going to kill himself on Raw after he killed yeah, it was like, him. It was at WrestleMania. Oh, it was WrestleMania. Yeah, that 17. Makes that makes it even worse. That almost became the most famous WrestleMania for a whole different reason. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, this is what JR had to say, and I'll link you guys to the entire podcast. I've heard inklings of a story where JR was witness to some talks in the NWA plotting to kill Vince McMahon that Jim overheard while he was taking a shit. Can mm-hmm. JR tell the story? So this is a, a fascinating story that I think people have sort of whispered about, but I don't know that you've told in long form before. What's, what's the deal? I, What'd you hear? I've told this story a few times at some of the uh, shows. I did with the Lawler or by myself before you and I teamed up to make our, uh, exciting tag team combination. Uh, it's a true story. Watson and I flew to Kansas city, I believe it was Kansas city or St. Louis. And, uh, for a meeting of these promoters to figure out how to combat, uh, Vince McMahon's amazing growth of the wrestling business and the expansion of WWE, which was, was coming into these, these, uh, uh, sovereign territories and what are we going to do? So anyway, watch that. Well, the, I said, well, what are we, what, what are we going to, what are we, what are, why, why am I going? He said, well, you're going to learn something and I want you to go to listen. 
I don't know what you think, blah, 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 but you're going to learn things that you'll be able to use if you stay in this goddamn business. Okay. So it's nice to write. Hey, you write, you fly with the boss. He's the pilot. Uh, we're in his plane, little zip up and down from Tulsa to where either Kansas city or St. Louis, we <clears throat> get a car, go to the hotel. And he said, we're not going to learn a goddamn thing here, kid. He said, these some bitches can't even agree on where to have lunch or what to order. So they ain't going to agree on nothing. Anyway, we're going to go up there and listen. He said, I'll, I'll get some information. I might, we might be able to hear about a talent wanting to leave or whatever, but we'll, we'll, we'll come away with some things that we can use, but not as them as a conduit in that respect. So anyway, uh, we're getting ready. We have a, getting ready to have a lunch that suspicious mystery lunch. And, uh, we, uh, had our break and I make my way to the men's room. I go into this first available stall. It might've been the only stall in there. And I, uh, I, uh, get down to do my business and uh, here comes a bunch of guys walking in off that meeting, famous wrestling promoters, hall of fame men. Some of those famous men in rest, pro wrestling history are in my little bathroom. And I'm sitting there trying to be discreet. You ever try to be discreet, Conrad, when you need to really go? Yeah, it's, it's di- hard. It's hard. It, it's hard. It's very sad. It's really sad. Anyway, uh, they start talking about Vince, right? And I, I said, well, so one voice, very distinctive voice says, I can have the motherfucker kill for $700. Why don't we just do that? So then my, then like I was surrounded by a bunch of little David Copperfields, my feet started elevating off the floor of the bathroom. Cause I didn't want anybody to see there's anybody in there. They hadn't noticed they hadn't said anything. And so that was kind of where that ended. They washed their hands. Some of them did, I guess. Uh, and I was still, I, I can't quite wait to lower my feet back to the floor. Cause my abdomen are hurting. Cause I'm in bad shape. Uh, and they leave. So I come out of the, I finished my thing and washed my hands, believe it or not. And I see Calvo said, uh, boy, that was interesting. He said, what? And I told him, he said, oh shit. They just slapping their gums, kid. They ain't going to do shit. They, they couldn't agree who was going to put the $700 in. If that's what they were going to do. Oh my we're, God. He said, we're leaving. He said, uh, and we'll go someplace else and have a good lunch. So I just shit. So he Cowboys were interested in the lunch we had. We got a few names of talents are in, in, you know, there and things are going on. Uh, we had some big shows coming up. So if you get a date on, on Harley or get a date on this guy or that guy all helped. And, uh, you know, you pay a little kickback to the promoter. So they can make a little money because he's not going to join the Alliance. And so he said, we're going home cause we we're done. So they, they're, they're going to repeat the same stories this afternoon. They did this morning, except they're going to be longer and slower. And, uh, we're, we're out of here before they get through their last meeting. We'll be back in Bixby. So that's how we did. So the thought of killing Vince McMahon, it was not, the thought was not really expounded upon like, yeah, well, how would we go about doing that? Where would it be? Whatever. But it was basically a non, a, a matter of fact, Hey, I got a guy killing for $700. Right. So, Hey, okay. I, I need to do, do and move on down the road. I need to do, do and move on down the road. <laughs> There's another one getting it. Give me a second. <laughs> Wait. Wow. That's that. That's something. Huh? This man, you you dropping a deuce and you hear that like, huh? I could get him killed for seven hundred dollars. Like what? Who's gonna put the money in? Like what? I'm so upset at that point. Like it'd be the most awkward dump of my life. Like that is that's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> That is awkward. I mean, it was as hell, man. Time for that bread drop. Both, so 
Yo, both Jr. and Lawler got caught taking shits at the worst times. Can you believe <laughs> that, man? Because remember the story of uh that Jim Cornette told about how Shawn Michaels and 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 uh Bret Hart were beating each other up and it spilled into the bathroom and Lawler was in there taking a shit during the fight and the two of them That's were amazing. like <laughs> It's like both Jr. and Lawler were both taking shits when some of the craziest things have happened. Dude, I would at that point I would just stop like shitting in the arena. I would just be like, you know what? I'm gonna take my business somewhere else. I'm gonna hold it until TV's over, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is that's what you gotta do. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's another one that needs to make it a highlight reel. Oh, kill him, kill him for seven hundred dollars. Bloop bloop. <laughs> oh god. Uh, something else, man. <laughs> when you can't dumb in peace, what's the world come to? Yeah, it's come to that. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, even want to be a witness in that case. Like it's just Yeah, so Becky Lynch recently spoke to Barn Burner Radio and uh the audio isn't very good. You could go, I'll link you to the whole thing if you want to listen to it. Unfortunately, I didn't think it was very good audio, but I thought it was funny how direct she is about how she feels about the WWE's use of her and Seth Rollins, because throughout the last few weeks, although we haven't been reporting it, there's been just little whispers about Becky not 100% being on board with the way they portray her and Seth Rollins, which is why the two of them are so awkward. And uh this is the most honest I've heard her discuss the entire thing. Here's the thing. Seth Rollins won the love of my life. Two, like the best, the best in the in the world, right? Of what he does. Absolutely incredible. The way that I looked at it is, oh my god, if I was a fan and I saw two of the best, the male and female best, fighting together side by side, I would be into that. And if you know we're in a relationship, you know. If you know, you know. But of course, it was mentioned every five minutes in case you didn't know. And I think that was a little off-putting. Because people don't want to, they don't want to see the man needing a man. They don't want to see Seth Rollins needing anybody else. Because we're two powerful entities on our own. And fighting side by side, like, okay, I got your back, you got my back, let's do this. Let's beat the bejesus out of these people. That's cool. When it's all about our freaking relationship, and that's forced, nobody was into that. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, everybody was like, we get it. We don't need to be told. Shut the hell up. Sometimes I think we over-explain things, where it's just like, let's let people make their own minds. And then whatever opinions they have, that's their opinion. is the best he's awesome being reminded to the world every five minutes not so much. <laughs> she's not wrong that's what's so funny about it like she is a hundred percent right like we know they're dating we don't need to hear that's the more that's, like, that's the most annoying shit when somebody has to remind you of something over and over again like you didn't know yeah to that point it's like we we, we know like we know we we know they're together yeah, like, come on, stop beating <laughs> us over the head with the damn thing already. 
we know uh, one way or another there's a man on top okay we, they no. went they went through and I went, i'm going to go back to this again they went through so much trouble to try to emphasize and remind us that the two of them together and then put roman reigns on the cover of the 2k20 <laughs> <laughs> that bad you know what the sad part about it is 2k's history with cover stars doesn't even make it better you know, but think about that. They went through. They're, they're trying so hard to keep reminding us that Becky and and Seth are a thing, and they put Roman on the cover with her. Mm. To make matters worse, there's been a few cases like with Beth Phoenix where she confused the big dog with Seth Rollins. Oh you know? God! It's like, you know, they, this isn't good. Stop that! Bad. <laughs> you know, it's not working out the way that they want. It's just becoming an unfortunate disaster. Right. You know, like sheesh. Oh man, but yeah, I'm glad that she's comfortable enough, hopefully comfortable enough to uh, to just say what the hell she feels and not have to worry about what anybody else says about it, right? Exactly. Yeah, right? That's a good idea, Mark. We need a, oh, a live no. live sex show for them to start raw. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. boy. No, we really don't. We, we, we don't. So I came across this. I don't think anyone's going to be reporting on this this week, but it actually caught my attention just because stuff like this slipping past, I find very frustrating. But um, let me make sure that I have this information correct here because of how ridiculous it sounds. So Mustafa Ali spoke to Barn Burner. And according to him, the reason why 205 Live is always on the kickoff is because they could run out of time on the main card and then the match will be cut. Whereas if it's on the kickoff show, they get more time. They'll get about 15 minutes and they don't risk having their time cut. But if they were on the main card, their time might get limited in the first place. And when I heard this, I thought to myself, what? Like, does anyone read these articles or the logic behind them before posting them? Let's start with the beginning of this. Why would the 205 Live match be cut if it was on the main card? Why would they be assumingly the first thing at the risk of being cut if the pay-per-view ran low on time? In saying that, you're basically putting them on the bottom of the totem pole, which is why we suspect they put them on the pre-show in the first place. So now we've come full circle back to the original problem. Sure, we can say that the Cruiserweight matches are accessible in more places because they're now on Facebook, YouTube, and the WWE Network, but so are we. And that doesn't make us WWE superstars. <laughs> exactly. There's a prestige in being on the pay-per-view, and there's royalties that aren't mentioned here. I hate when people spin this like they're doing them a favor by paying them no royalties to do longer matches. Are you kidding me? Isn't it weird how you see how good corporate nonsense is and making things sound convincing? Like that almost sounds convincing until you really peel it apart. So what yeah, you're basically but saying kind of like is that, just said you can wrestle for longer for free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna let you wrestle for longer for free because if you were on the main card, you're not relevant enough to us that we wouldn't be the first thing. You wouldn't be the first thing that we cut when we need more time. Are you kidding me? To me, that's a confession. That's not a justification. Learn the English language before you speak, people. <laughs> Especially if you're in WWE corporate. <laughs> Jesus, that's not a good answer. <sighs> I mean, it was, it was basically Mustafa, I guess, that, that did it, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. Oof. And also, we got, uh, who do we have? Angel Garza and, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yeah, in other words, uh, Hector Garza and formerly known as Shane Strickland or Killshot in Underground. 
which both of them had quite a good showing in um, the breakout tournament, which was actually uh, they had the re- they had the end of it in this past week and uh, this past week's NXT and our boy ACH won the whole thing. Yeah, I saw ACH there. How crazy yeah. is that, man? ACH and Trevor Lee made it to the finals and they had a battle. And yeah, now ACH winning it, or as he's known, um, Jordan Miles, he gets the challenge for any NXT championship of his choosing. But it was an awesome tournament. Yeah, for long-time listeners, you guys know that ACH was my buddy on Xbox Live. He moved on to PS4 for a lot of the imports. But, uh, yeah, I got to, it was cool for a while there. I got to be on Xbox Live and literally got to talk to the guy about, like, stuff like Final Battle and just things he was doing in Ring of Honor. It was pretty dope, man. I have to uh, see if I can find him on PlayStation, because I have both systems, so, I mean. But, yeah, um, it's pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. But, yeah, so we got these guys showing up at the Captain's Challenge match this Tuesday on 205 Live. So you have that to look forward to. You know, a lot more indie guys coming in. From what we're hearing, if it wasn't for what's going on currently, WWE wouldn't have even recruited most of these dudes. But yeah. I, mean, I don't think that's news. I think that's just common sense. We've been exactly. saying that month, you know, like clearly something has changed. The funny thing is, speaking of uh, things changing that weren't originally supposed to happen, this whole thing with uh, Buddy Murphy being the storyline, did you know that wasn't even actually meant to happen? I heard about that. That he accidentally yeah. during the during the storyline of Roman Reigns' attempted murder, he was just accidentally in the shot. Yeah, and, so and he wanted again to have that awesome match on Tuesday completely on accident. So they left with no choice since they figured the internet would just snipe that guy out of the photo. They were just like, screw it, we're just gonna say that Buddy Murphy was in the background, like we have to go with it now. And as a result, he wound up in this storyline with all of these main characters that was never intended for him to be on. Yeah, he got an incredible match on Tuesday with Roman Reigns. I mean, hey, accident worked out for Buddy. Yeah, how crazy is that? Good old Buddy Murphy, man. He got his ass kicked by almost everybody on the main event scene. Originally, <laughs> they all visit his locker room at different times. <laughs> you know, it's the craziest thing ever. A revolving ass woman. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like a bad, bad freaking character on a Cohen Brothers movie. You know. <laughs> You know, this is like the, the the same way they have the uh the big Lebowski. This is like his big Lebowski. You know? <laughs> the big Murphy. <laughs> the big Murphowski. <laughs> the big Murphowski. Because like, yeah, it's like people just showing up and kicking his ass all just because he was in the background. And that's the funny thing. It's like the storyline actually is what it is. You know, this poor guy was just in the background by mistake and now he's getting screwed over by everyone. That's great. Oh, I actually like the storyline better now. It's kind of funny because, I mean, it's working out for Buddy because he's getting a lot of TV time, which he was not getting at all when he first came up. So He got to fight Roman Reigns, and it was actually a good match. Yeah, put on a show. Like, like he looked at, like, there was a couple of points during that match where I was like, yo, Buddy might win this. <laughs> as weird as that would be, yeah, they'd look Yeah, he looked that good, so that's what I like. I like it to look so good where it's like, hey, he might just win this. Mm-hmm. So we're hearing that, uh, according to Wrestling Observer, we're hearing that they basically tell WWE superstars not to limp during their entrance, don't sell any injuries. They've got to do the same entrance. Like, whenever they come out, it has to look the same way. they got to do the same thing the same time, the same way. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you get a cinder block broken over your knee last week, next week, don't even limp. Like Not for the entrance. That's the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. Who came that's up with half, that? Like, like that, that? Yeah, that makes no sense. Like... If I know you got your leg busted up the week before, I want to see you barely able to get into the ring because you're so busted up. One of my least favorite things about current wrestling 
is that whenever someone comes out, they have them posing like Power Rangers. And I, I don't even mind Power Rangers. I'm a fan, but I'm saying this is wrestling and everyone has a pose like Power Rangers. How come no one just walks to the ring? Think about how weird it is. And we've talked about this on here before also. Think about how weird it is that we grew up in an era where just walking to the ring would you'd be over enough without needing to have choreographed poses going all the way down the ramp up to the ropes into the ring up to the turnbuckle back down to the ring into another pose what is this what like what am i watching when did this happen it it literally flew under the radar because you know what i remember back when i was a teenager you know what i remember back when i was a kid i remember nash and hall and all those guys when the nwo was white hot just walking to the ring like they didn't give a fuck there was no pose there was no, there was no swinging their arms or flailing or, or, or queuing for a pyro. They would literally come 10 to 20 people deep with a, they don't give a fuck look on their faces and swagger down the ring. No particular order or organization. No, just get into the ring. You know what I mean? And it worked because it felt organic. Think about it. Think about all those times you've seen Nash and Hall and Hogan and Miss Elizabeth and Macho when they were in full unit with the NWO. Imagine how ridiculous it would It would look like the West Side Story in WWE if they had that. Now. Everyone, would be, everyone would be sauntering down the ring. I can't even I couldn't even finish putting together the thought without it looking hilarious. <laughs> you know, you don't write this. I, I had no idea. Already just sauntering down the ring all doing these little posts. I mean the closest we got to that in this day and age was uh Ambrose. Ambrose never had there was never he every time he came down to the ring it was a different way. Because yeah, it was literally just get through the curtain into the ring and handle your business. That's the way even does, it's even like that be. now. Even DX, no matter what incarnation of DX we're talking about, never had an entrance. They might have had a few things here and there, but if you think about all the times when it was like just them coming down, throwing glow sticks, being in tanks, or just all walking on the ramp together, it was always different. It wasn't like a setup pose and that was part of the reason why people actually stopped to look at these intros even though wwe's lost that magic because you wanted to see what was different about it like what are they going to do different this time like you know like just uh, just different things if there were variations on the intros that aren't there anymore where someone wouldn't just enter the ring through the same rope into the same pose how did they lose their minds to this level like can you believe that this is a company we're talking about that's a billion dollar company that's traded on the stock floor that is in a, a giant corporation and they literally came up with the dumbest excuse you can rationalize for the 205 live being on the kickoff <laughs> and then they're talking about the reason for entrances which is the strangest thing you've ever heard not even even just wrestling mind but just from a creative mind creative standpoint alone think about how weird it is that you don't have people that are actually human and not robots enter the ring the exact same way with the exact same pose each time no one does that mma doesn't do that boxing doesn't do that no one looks the same way every single time they come out that's such a weird rule you know, I remember back when in the 90s when DDP, hell, DDP was so beat up in the 90s that he made it into that WCW NWO revenge game with the with the bandages around his ribs. <laughs> That's the version of DDP there is. Oh, it's amazing. When I think of DDP in my mind, I think of the DDP with the curly hair and the bandaged ribs that's wearing jeans. <laughs> because that's how long in his WCW career his ribs were bandaged. Kind of like Cesaro's with like I guess it's almost like Cesaro with the Khaleesi tape on his elbow, I guess. 
with yeah. a shoulder. We talked on here years ago about how one of the Usos, they used to sell him with a cast and a crutch. Oh my God, yes, I remember. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's just, I think it adds realism when you have people just come out naturally. They could come out to their music and stuff or whatever, but you don't need to make them have to strike those poses like that. Like little, like little puppets. Yeah. <laughs> <Eesh>. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I've ever seen, realistically, it's kind of funny to go back to Willow. Even in Impact, Willow's entrance had somewhat of a of a choreo- choreography to it. But once he stopped twirling the elbow and he closed it, the choreography went out the window. I think I saw him do like three laps around the ring once. And it was just funny because it's like, wait a minute. He's still running. <laughs> You're supposed to do what? And then you keep going. No, he just ran and ran and ran. It was just like, all right, this is different. It was like it wasn't the exact same entrance every time. Something was always a little bit different. And that was the fun of Willow was seeing what he did differently during his entrance. But it's like, yeah, it shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be like in the game. In the game, okay. But in the real thing, like, no, I need variety here. And you know what, man? Even in the game, they have like maybe one more generation of that before they look stupid. You know what I mean? I give them one more generation. The next five years of, of the next Xbox by the end of it, I mean, I'm saying by the time they announce whatever system comes after the one we're going up to, they better all get in the ring various different ways. So if I'm expecting yeah. that from life, I better get it from the damn product. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like, what is this nonsense? Get in the ring only one way and do the same thing over and over and over again. You know, be different. But by the way, just for the hell of it, just because it's different, this is Big E messing with Corey Graves during a SmackDown commercial break. Oh, Christ. Oh, no. I want you. I want you right now. We can do this the easy way, or the hard way, Graves. I want you. I got no. you. No, he didn't just Felice Johnson him. No, he didn't. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my god. I'm about to send it. Oh my god. <laughs> you don't understand. For people who have not watched the boondocks, let you need oh my god, I just said to tell you. You need to see what he just replicated. This was a real person because Boondocks was known for quoting real people and stuff. This was a real thing that really happened on the Boondocks. Hold on, I'm gonna oh. need a Gonna need a couple of minutes here to try to yeah, cheer this take, up. Take your time, but oh, that. Was... <laughs> yeah, I didn't. You know, I legit didn't know what he did until we played it. <laughs> like, I, I was surprised you, too. You could. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and the worst part about it is with Big E, you ain't gonna tell him no. All right, you. All I'm saying right now is he'd have really replicated that bit a hundred percent. That would have been the most awkward commercial break of Corey Graves' career. Oh my god. I can't oh wow that took such a turn. <laughs> Yo it, <laughs> Oh god I'm lightheaded. Holy Jesus. Yeah, those are some awkward commercial breaks they have going on over there, huh? Good lord, I need to start watching next time I go to WWE, I need to watch the commercial breaks way closer. Especially if E on the screen. Cause that was just, I I, I, I want to see Graves' reaction. That's what... <laughs> it looked like the camera just fell, like when you get killed in Doom. Right. <laughs> he, he, 
did the Blair Witch Project fall. Yeah, that's what we call it, right? The Blair Witch fall. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't know what happened next. <laughs> no, you know what happened next. <laughs> you don't want to see what happened next. <laughs> he had the bass in his voice, too, so it was really effective. Yo, he yeah. saw like he was out of breath, sad, and in lust all at the same time. Right, here we go. Hold on, I just got out of the shower. There's some juice on the table. Mm-hmm, take your time. You want to explain to me what you're doing here? I came looking for booty. You came looking for sex with an underage boy? Oh, no, I, I ain't come looking for no little bars. I ain't got no milk, no cookies, nothing. I came looking for man's butt. A man's butt? Excuse me? Oh, I know who you are, Chris Hansen. But see, I, I calls you Chris Hansen. I watch your TV show all the time. So you can go ahead and bring in them cameras and them police is waiting outside. It don't make me no difference. Now, I tell you what. I like you and I want you. Now, we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way. Okay, I, I see you choosing the hard way. Uh, okay, cut. This isn't working. Someone get this guy out. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. Hello, please. I'm a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I am the. Oh, a warrior, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was slain. Yo. <laughs> you see how close we almost got to a real awkward situation with Biggie? Oh God! I can just see him now. Don't make me ruin that bus graves. I'm a wa- I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior. That's a good title for this too. There we go. I'm a warrior. And just get that thing of Biggie in the shadows. Oh God! Hey, you gotta spell it right. You gotta spell it I M M A warrior. Oh Jesus Christ! We got like five titles. Holy crap! I wrote two so far. Can't contain the party goblin. I'm a warrior. Oh god, I gotta buy Alicia, can't claim the party goblin, we're scared of the lantern. Do I, I need the doo-doo and get on the road? Oh my god. <laughs> That's how you know it's an episode we got like seven, almost five, seven titles in total. Oh god. Yeah, that, that was, was ra- wonderful. That was random as hell. I wasn't even sure if I was gonna use that. I was just like, hey, yeah, good thing we did. <laughs> Since we're talking about randomness. So, in a little bit of AEW news, they are trying to make sure that scalpers don't get tickets. Because, as you know, the scalpers, they go, they grab all the tickets up, then they sell it to you at higher prices when you can't reach them anywhere else. However, now they have a new feature where Ticketmaster requires a phone number and a texted code to be entered before you can join a queue in order to get your tickets. So now people, I guess, can't buy a whole bunch of tickets. I'm guessing if you're trying to be a scalper, like you'd have to come up with many different accounts and names and identities to be able to get per ticket which doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to go through the trouble of doing it if it's a lucrative business to them. But it will be more of a pain in the ass for them to manage, and maybe they get caught. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot easier to get caught that way. Yeah, because they wound up having to open up more tickets for All Out because uh, the, after when they went into the Ticketmaster, um, I guess, um, I don't know, they must have opened up higher seats or whatever. There's 246 tickets as of a couple of days ago. That opened up. So. And uh, they also announced their first world title match on TNT. I don't know if you had heard about that. 
I heard it got announced, but I just didn't hear like what specifically it was going to be. You and me neither. So let's both look. It's October 16th in Philadelphia. They said uh, they don't even know who the champion is yet. So they don't know what the match is going to be. So it's basically just confirmed that whoever the champion is, is going to defend the title October 16th. There is the announcement up there. Is that the belt? Yeah, that is the belt, right? Yep. Okay. CAW World Championship. I'm not, I'm not used to seeing it. Okay, yeah, that I heard about. I just didn't hear. I thought they already confirmed a match, but yeah. No, they technically can until after All Out to see who the champion's going to be when you really think about it. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful looking belt, but yeah, that's, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Um, Yeah, I wonder how that's going to be. Do you think it's going to be a company that has primarily matches on pay per view? Or do you, as far as title matches, do you think that they're going to do like a mix and match of the two? Like, what's best for a company like this? I think it's if you do it right, it is good to mix it up because then you're not always having to wait for a pay-per-view for a world championship match. You never necessarily know when one's going to show up. So it gives you reason to stay tuned to both the weeklies and the pay-per-view because you never know what's going to happen. Same thing with with title changes. It's good to mix them both up because then that way... You're giving everybody more of a reason to not miss your product. Yeah, I feel like some of the best title changes happen right on Raw's and SmackDowns, you know? Yeah, same as NXT's. At Velveteen Dream won um Velveteen Dream won the North American title and Tommaso Champ won an NXT titles on TV tapings. It has a little bit of an unpredictability because you're we're not necessarily programmed to expect those to happen on TVs. Yeah, exactly. So it's like when they do, it's that much more of a big deal. Yeah, and I'm glad that they're announcing it ahead of time. That's not the first taping, right? That's the second. I don't even know. I don't remember what their first day was. I have no idea. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's one of the first few, but I don't think it's the very first one. Yeah. We'll definitely have to see what happens with them as far as that goes. Yeah. I think that all we know right now is Chris Jericho or Adam Page is going to have a busy night ahead. <laughs> yeah. In other AEW news, Kenny Omega was asked about a Halloween special, and he kind of—he didn't really confirm it, but he kind of said that it was definitely a high possibility. At an undisclosed location, and I am here for your questions, BTE mailbag. This week, one lucky fan gets a question answered, and the question is: Y'all gonna have a Halloween pay-per-view where your wrestlers can dress up as something? Well, whether it be a pay-per-view or a TV show. Um, I really hope we do something Halloween-themed. If you guys have been following my career for a little bit, at least for the past four or five years, I've dressed up as something. So this year, I'm looking forward, again, to doing something even bigger and better than last year and the years before. So keep your eyes peeled, because we start TV in October, and uh, Halloween comes soon after that. Hmm, AEW Halloween special. I wouldn't be against it. Go up against Saudi Arabia. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know. Name the pay-per-view America. Fuck yeah. America. Fuck yeah. You know. <laughs> it's a subtle jab at everything. It's not there just one go. thing. Everybody wins with this jab. WWE, instead of calling it Crown Jew, they call it Scary Arabia. It's like, oh. It's amazing that there aren't more specials for Halloween, right? You would think so. Like, I guess maybe. because they can't get the kind of sponsors or recognition that they that they normally love. Yeah, probably not. Oh, wow. So, uh, apparently Cody Rhodes was at some sort of an indie event, if I'm seeing this correctly. Um, 
at C4 Fighting, is what it's called. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But uh, he was attacked by Sean Spears, former, formerly Ty Dillinger. I think we have that here. Let's have a look at what the hell's going on. wrestling there is without even having to talk about raw or anything right uh we're also hearing that uh teal piper roddy piper's daughter actually didn't sign with aew instead she signed with uh wow oh you mean women are wrestling okay i <laughs> what, what the hell is what i've meant you, I, I thought you were gonna say like, "Wow, impact something." I don't know. <laughs> oh, you were waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was something coming after the wow. Like, oh, but no, that's actually that's that's pretty cool for her. But like, those ladies do a really good job over there. I want to say, uh, Tessa Blanchard is their champion right now. So, yeah, good for. Her. Hope she does good. You Piper's daughter, girl. You ain't got much of a choice. <laughs> yeah, no. Like I said, I don't know much about Piper's daughter. Have you seen her wrestle? I haven't seen her wrestle before. But, I mean, she got to be good if she's good enough to get signed somewhere. So I don't know. Wasn't WoW a lot of, like, glow? Or am I thinking um, so well? I remember seeing WoW, and it was... We talked about WoW on here a few years ago, and it was 
really bad when I saw it. I mean, I don't know if it's changed over the years, but when I saw Wild Last, it sucked. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it in a while. I know they're on Access. So. But yeah, Teal Piper signed with Wild, not AEW. So Piper's kids in the rotation, just not what you would have expected her. Yeah, at least she's in there. Yeah. Also, John Moxley, the Moxster, Mr. Mox. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> I was I wasn't gonna stop you did I was just gonna see how long you the big go. Yeah, he uh apparently we're hearing that his new Japan Pro Wrestling contract goes all the way into January, so that means he's gonna still be wrestling in Japan at the point where uh he's uh on T V regularly. That's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how that goes and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I mean means is. he might even be a part of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Very possible. I mean, I would assume that he would be. You know, I don't know if they if he would be able to renew his contract after that. That's up for debate. But yeah, yeah. as you can see, what we have here on the screen is uh, his match against Sean Spears, which is going to be on TNT. Yeah, so Moxley returns to TV. This fact is the first time this persona has ever shown up on TV before. So. Mm-hmm. Because he was, he was never on TV when he was John Moxley originally. It was always Ambrose, but now... John Moxley gets to play on live TV. So. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. You know, they're going to have to, you know, we don't, Tony Khan isn't cool with that violent shit after what happened with uh the botched Cody Rhodes chair shot. But uh, he'll still be able to do something. I'm sure there's some liberties that he'll be able to take. Yeah. I know he definitely wanted him to be a lot more careful after that happens. So. You can't blame the guy, man. Yeah. Well, um... I've never even heard of that spot before, so I give them credit for even being able to do something like that. Like, if it must be exactly. something either very old school or something very new, which we now know doesn't work. You know? Yeah. Yeah, one or the other. Gotta be really careful about those kind of things. Oh, yeah. You know what they should do? Maybe te- maybe have a wrestling test dummy. Right, see what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. That would, that would, that would give you a chance to fine-tune a lot more stuff. Like, if you're going to go for something, you can test it out and see how it works ahead of time. Yeah. But the violence with Moxley doesn't end there because apparently he unmasked Pentagon Jr. at New Prison Break. Yeah, that's that, that's kicking a hornet's nest three times over right there. Let me see. Is this the clip here? We got it. Pretty brief. Yeah, I thought there'd be more to it than that. And he ripped his mask off and then hit with a death rider. Yeah. It wasn't like a permanent unmasking. Nah. You know, it, was just a, it was just a momentary unmasking. I thought they were changing his gimmick or something. Uh, yeah, don't worry. Pentagon's not going to be calling about his family. We're okay. But no. <laughs> But yeah, that's 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 another match that when um I've seen that both of them have been signed, that's another match I would love to see in AEW. Because though that's two guys who don't have a problem getting beat up. Yeah, I'm and right it's probably you. two of the most over guys in AEW. Yeah, like I said, much to look forward to here. They also recently signed Tony Schiavone. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like he might be uh probably gonna be on commentary with JR, I'm thinking. That's gonna be great. Look at that. About how big of a deal that is. Yeah, everybody wanted him, so good to see Shivani over in AEW. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Fantastic stuff. Like I said, it's all looking good. Remember when I get, I get keep going back to, but remember when everybody thought it was all ball? No, look at him. Still in denial. Mm-hmm. It's okay, though. <laughs> so the WWE Performance Center has a new list of names. They have Brianna, Austin Theory, Hijo de Fantasma, Jesse, uh, Marcos Gomez, Rita Reese, and Santana Garrett. And a couple of familiar names in there. Of course, Austin Theory is the, uh, the evolved champion. Had an excellent display at their 10th anniversary show. I figured he'd get signed because, I mean, he showed up at TakeOver. He was he was on in the crowd. So, yeah, congratulations to him, man. Hell of a step up. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. We have no people coming in there. Um, So, I don't know if you heard about the situation with Dolph Ziggler and Vince McMahon. I kind of heard little things here and there about it. Yeah, so apparently what happened was Vin- Dolph Ziggler's been vocal uh, about him and Vince having a handshake agreement. And uh, basically, according to Bodyslam.net, Dolph Ziggler was supposed to have a deal with Vince where he would uh, work through SummerSlam and Monday on Raw would be his final date. And then he would release Ziggler from the company. And then what happened was on the Monday prior to that Raw, Ziggler... Um, went to Vince to thank him and then Vince told him that he actually couldn't let him out of his deal and that he's just going to pay him to stay at home. Uh, uh, <laughs> so this is where all that great storytelling was going. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. And now we have, uh, he was on Raw tonight, so I don't know exactly what the hell's going on. Probably be on Raw next week doing the same shit. You know how they change their minds on the drop of a dime. So. Yeah. And in other contract news, uh, Roman Reigns signed a multi-year contract. Of course. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Yeah. So, he's going to still be around. LAX seems to be done with Impact, as we discussed before. We're hearing they might go with AEW or WWE. We're not sure yet. Yeah, I think AEW would be the best place for them, though. Because then they still get to be as good as they've been good. As- as good as they have been doing. I mean, it might not be the original LAX, but those guys have been putting in work. They've been one of the best parts of Impact for at least the past good maybe year and a half. Yeah, I should give them more of a chance, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we're also accustomed to Homicide and Hernandez, but with always hearing about Hernandez having attitude problems and Homicide sometimes just doing his own thing, I think Santana and Ortiz definitely kind of breathe a little bit of life back into Conan's old crew. Because, I mean, those guys have been a lot of fun to watch. When their feud with the Lucha Bros was one of my favorite feuds in probably the last year in Impact. I mean, it's quite a successful tag team. So I think if, I think AEW would honestly know what to do with them a lot more than anybody, anybody else. Yeah. Where on the other hand, they would wind up on 205 Live if they wanted to appear with us. You know? or, or they just throw masks on and put them in a Lucha House party, one or the other Oh, no, I love how anytime I ever think about Luchador going to WWE, I instantly think, oh, Lucha House Party's getting more members. I guess this was a send-off for the Lucha Brothers here. <laughs> well, not for the Lucha Brothers. LAX, I don't know why I said Lucha. <laughs> I was sitting there like, wait a minute, when did they get new music? What the fuck? <laughs> Do they know? <laughs> 
Definitely not. Oh, yeah, but yeah, hell of a tag and, uh, team, though. It's funny you mentioned the Lucha Brothers because, um, well, not the Lucha Brothers, but the uh, Lucha House Party because Kalisto tweeted out recently said, and it said 10 months, hashtag free agent. And then Grand Metallic replied, me too, Carno. <laughs> so, uh, and then Braun Strowman replied, hashtag adios. So it looks like poor, as then, Nigel calls them, Lindsay Dorito is going to be by himself. And then Kalisto deleted the tweet. And according to Brad Shepard, he says that Kalisto has low-key heat with all the right people. And that uh, basically he can't seem to keep his mouth shut. So, in other words, Kalisto has heat, which could be why he decided to say what he said and do what he did. Ten months and I get to be Samurai Del Sol again. Yeah, but <laughs> Yeah, and then it'll make your finisher Selena Del Sol once again make sense. Exactly. You know. <laughs> Since the most random name with no explanation. Yeah. Another contract. Oh no, I think that's it for contracts, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. We talked about all of the important signings and things like that of this week. I mean, damn, it used to be a point where you wouldn't talk about signings every single week. Now we do. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a lot more contract signings and stuff like that going on. All right. Well, I think it is time to do some injuries just to get them the hell out of the way. They didn't really pile Yay. up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wish we had the, the fun house music. <laughs> yeah. You know, for such a happy thing. But there's actually some happiness because despite having a concussion, Britt Baker has been cleared to once again compete back in the ring. Good for Brit. Hashtag safe. You know, because uh, you know how concussions do to people nowadays. They're scary things. They'll take you yeah. out. Yeah, They're uh, very unpredictable. Yeah. It has ended a few careers. Right. Let me get this link to you guys or listening to this on iTunes. Yeah, it's here's good, to see she's, good to see she's feeling better. Here's the image I just linked you guys to in the chat. Here's the image of her saying, Cleared and ready to win this casino battle royal. Hashtag all out. Britt Baker. Yeah. The doctor is back in. Mm-hmm. Karen Q, who we've been talking about on here for quite a few weeks, where uh, she had a bad knee injury. I'm sorry, actually, she broke her ankle was what originally happened. She basically got her splint removed and now she's in a boot. So that's definitely progress. I guess that's a good thing when you think about uh recovery for a break. Yeah, the fact once you get put in a boot, it definitely increases your mobility a good bit. Yeah. We we for anyone who wants to see that episode, we have it on YouTube. If you wanna see the uh the actual injury, I think we put it on there. Yeah. Here is a here is the boot for anyone who wants to see. Yep, get well soon. Yes, absolutely, and get well soon. Um, according to F4W online, they said Tony Storm was pulled from a WXW event, um, but we don't know what the injury was. You know, so we can't confirm that's anything really serious. I wouldn't really worry about it yet until there's some sort of a confirmation. Of a serious injury. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, 
actually, she did an interview recently where she talked about, you know, just how surreal it felt to be like the women's champion and how she thought that it was a, you know, she still sometimes thinks to herself that it was a toy. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, she's been a great NXT um, UK women's champion, so taking on everybody. And Paige actually had her neck surgery recently, right? Yeah, she's officially in a neck brace now. Oh, that—I guess that's good. She made it through the surgery. Yeah, neck surgeries are uh, not fun. <laughs> and here's her video. All right, surgery's done. Feeling wonderful. Got wonderful people around me. Doggy boy, I'm up here. He's taking care of me non-stop, bringing me peanut butter and crackers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you have? Why do you have a cat face? What the fuck. <laughs> Snapchat, Snapchat, Instagram, just oh. <laughs> but no, it's good to go. She's uh, she's feeling good. She's, she's a little bit loopy, but I mean she. Yeah, if you've never been in a neck brace, it sucks. <laughs> so Daphne, everyone remembers former WCW star Daphne. She has a cyst or a growth next to her T1 spinal segment. She's quoted as saying, some of you know that I've had neck surgery two and a half years ago. They put a metal plate between my C4 and C5. Recently, I noticed my fingers and the left hand were going numb again, especially my thumb. My wrist and forearm began to hurt. My temple, neck, collarbone, and trap were next. And then finally, my shoulder felt like it was being ripped out of the socket. If I didn't keep my arm cradled just like the two and a half years ago, by Thursday night, it had gotten so bad, I decided I needed to go get it checked the next day. Good news, I haven't hurt another disc in my neck. Bad news, they found a cyst or growth next to my T1. They gave me steroids and anti-inflammatories, and I've been keeping my left arm propped up. It's weird because my middle finger especially hurts this time, almost like it's broken, so it sticks up. I'm constantly giving Dina, my roommate, the bird, which she totally doesn't deserve because she made me some amazing grits and has been a guardian angel. In the morning, I make an appointment with a spinal specialist to find out what is next to my T1 and what is causing the pain. I'll keep you posted when I explain my absence and request good juju, please. Hope all is well with it. Hope it's just nothing but assist. Yeah. Did I miss any injuries? I think that was pretty much it. <laughs> I'm glad I keep us up to date. Oh, there yeah. are many of them. Sheesh. Everybody getting hurt. I need to be careful. I know, right? But um, a lot of people also recovering from it, too. We'll have to see if the AEW work rate is different because I always felt that it's funny how the more hardcore matches have the least injuries and it's because they're not working all those dates so their body gets to heal. And AEW said they want to keep their guys fresh. So we got to see what the injury ratio is going to be when we compare WWE to AEW. Yeah. You know. So um, you ever heard of that show? What's it called? First We Feast, I believe. I have not. Really? I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. It's a show where they bring celebrities on, and while they interview them, they make them eat the hottest foods that they can find. Oh, God, yeah. I see that show. I don't remember hearing something like that. 
Really? Wow. Sasha Banks was on there and she was eating these the hottest hot wings with the hottest sauces and she completely no soul that she ate it like a boss. You know, they have, but yeah, they have different, like, I think Gordon Ramsay was on the, he threw up, like he had to go in the bathroom. And throw up. I didn't see the episode, but I think in the thumbnail, it showed that he was, th- he had to throw up whatever. But yeah, these are like the hottest foods. Like it screws you up really badly to eat this kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, stone yeah, cold. I mean, like, I once ate a ghost pepper. I thought I was going to die. But just like, yeah, stone. It's like a 30 minute show. You guys got to watch them. They have a lot of wrestlers on there, a lot of different people, a lot of different celebrities will come on. You just have to eat the hot food. They have milk and everything laid out for you. But you're just sitting there while you're being interviewed, just eating the hottest foods you can imagine. If you you know, it. they are expecting death when they have the milk ready. <laughs> like, here's your wings. Here's your napkins. Here's your milk. Here's the cow. All right, let's do this. They always have it ready. This, so I'm gonna let you guys just hear a couple minutes of this one. This is the Stone Cold one. Go. I'm gonna link you to the whole thing to listen to later. But yeah, this is great. I'm still in a safe zone. I should have worn my heart rate monitor. So this okay, is the, tell me about this one. This is the Chocolate Plague from Puckerbutt Pepper Company. See, did you need to know all that? Well, it tells me what's gonna happen tomorrow. Okay, I was trying to give you my receipt story, and that something was kicking my ass. So I give you, I tell that story in a much better fashion, but my mouth was on fire, so I didn't get there. Uh, oh, that was great. Is is milk my friend at this point? Milk's your friend. Sipping milk for the working man. Is this gonna be hot enough? Something I just ate. It will not. You're such a liar. <laughs> I wouldn't lie to you. I'd be an idiot to lie to you in this situation. But is it is it going to compound the fact that I've got a residual of this building? I think that we're already past the point of no return. You know, it's like we've we've been drenched in a shower. Who cares if it rains? You're so full of shit. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm buying it. I'm going with you. I know it shouldn't, but I'm going to. Don't do it, Steve. And I'm not. I'm not a hot person. Stevie, no. Could have fooled me. You're doing great. <clears throat> do you have a favorite WWE Raw cameo from a non-wrestler? The Mike Tyson stuff was always very compelling. I love doing business with Mike. When he came down, <clears throat> and uh, Vince McMahon introduced him a long time ago in the middle of the ring, and he was going to referee the match between myself and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14. And I came down there and got in his face, flipped him off, and he pushed me. And I tried to get back at him. And I was trying, as we would say, going back to wrestling, for a shoot to get back at him. Of course, I didn't want, want to get back at him, but it had to look real, and it was. But when he pushed me, all of these $100 bills just flew out of his suit. If you go back on YouTube, watch it. And you'll watch all of his handlers down on hands and knees picking up $100 bills. And I'm kicking and scratching and Briscoe, Slaughter, all the guys are holding me back. But work with Mike Tyson because he's such a, a fan of the business and a historian of the business. And he actually probably knew more about the history of the business than a lot of the guys that were backstage. Mm-hmm. But just him him by himself as a person, I just love the guy. All right, Stone Cold. oh This is the last dab. We call it the last dab because it's tradition around here to put a little extra on the last wing. You don't have to if you don't want to. Oh, I love the way you just toss it up to me. 
All right, that's enough. That's Why enough. did they have the music like he was on? Do you want to be a millionaire? <laughs> right. <laughs> that reality that's tension first... music. That good old reality tension. Oh God. Yeah, it was like Mark said. I'm not eating no hot sauce made from the pucker butt factory. <laughs> you were just asking for trouble. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh my god! <laughs> you, you know what? How this is gonna end? Don't you act yeah. like this is gonna have a good ending if I tough it out? Yeah, right. It's impossible. How the hell are they gonna have a name like that? Right. <laughs> it's as if they were just written for that bit. <laughs> I'm time to look it up. See if it's a real factory. Like I can't. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, we linked you guys. Check out their whole channel. There's a whole bunch that I watch. I've watched several of these crazy. I gotta take a look at that. Yeah, you know, take some courage to go on there. I seen freaking Natalie Portman go on there, I believe, and just ate the food like nothing. Didn't even wince or anything. I don't mind like spiky stuff. Like I had like jerk chicken tonight. That's not that bad for me. But that, no. I like a little spice. But then again, I can eat like a whole bunch of wasabi. Like I turn my sushi green. Yeah, see, I can't do it. I, I can do a little bit of wasabi, but I can't do a ton of it. It's so good. I, I tried it once, but I, oh my God, I put my whole face in golden flames. It's like, whoa. I put my whole face in the wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> there, write that one down. I put my whole face in the wasabi. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many good ones here. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be the hardest part of post-production to come up with the title. Yeah, I put my, I kind of like I put my face on the sides. It all depends, man. You see, we wind up an extra hour after you guys get to go to sleep trying to figure out the hell the episode is going to be. How we uh, present this to the on-demand people. This is the fun part. <laughs> oh, dear God. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, we're hearing that now that Ryback claims to be back to 100% thanks to stem cell research and stuff that edge is uh also looking into it because his doctor has already told him that he thinks he'll be able to get his neck healthy within five years so considering that on top of his neck being able to be healthy within five years he'd be able to have stem cell research uh but he says that uh he thinks i guess he's saying he could have one more match in him which that will be definitely a miracle in modern science yeah. But uh, we got an Edge video here for you to check out. Welcome to Celtic Warrior Workout. I know what you're saying to yourself. Well, you don't look very Celtic. You got a man bun. You're blonde. You're tanned. It's okay. See, I had such a good time last time putting Seamus through his paces with, with a plank ellipse and then with our, our shoulder workout and our wheelbarrows that I decided I wanted to keep them. You see, it gets lonely up here in the mountains. So come with me. What are you doing? Let me out here. I need to go home. So I've decided that Seamus can stay for one. That's disturbing. Or workout. Jesus. No, no, no. One more workout. Then let me go. And then I'll let you go. It's like misery, but of workouts. We're going to do a bike ride, buddy. I'm going to go get ready. Yeah. <laughs> like, where else do you go after that? He is a warrior. <laughs> it comes back around. 
He's a, Celt- uh, he's a Celtic warrior. <laughs> you stupid. Oh, God. You know, that is a line right there, boy. That's the justification from now on whenever anything happens. He's a warrior. <laughs> now, why did that happen? Because he's a warrior. He got started like he did, too. He's a, he's a, he's a warrior. <laughs> oh, God. So Vince Russo recently was quoted as saying, I've become a fan of Kevin Owens over time. I think people really get confused when I critique a character and not the person themselves. I just felt like KO was really mispackaged from jump. My criticism was towards WWE creative, not Owens' ability. Which uh, I find funny considering I recall his whole criticism being that Owens looks like a regular guy and that, you know, he doesn't look like a superstar. It just looks like a regular guy who could be in the crowd. You know, he so even went, didn't he even have like this big rant that he went on about how it's just a fat guy? You know, so so full of shit. Like how now he's gonna say there was the character? No, you actually attacked the person. You said that because of his appearance, they just see like a heavy guy. Wasn't this Russo? Am I losing? Yes, this was Russo. What the hell is he talking about? That he's now saying, "Oh, I'm judging the character." No, dude, you specifically talked about his weight and how he looks like everyone in the stands and he looks just like a fan. You know, it's like that's crazy. God, my next thing you know, you're not next. You know, you're not gonna be like, oh, I didn't like Finn Balor. I, I like Finn Balor's ads. I, I like Fergal Devitt's ads, but ads, but not Finn Balor's. Like, no, no, Russo's, no, <laughs> bad Russo. Go back in the corner. Your lunchables are getting cold. Stop it. Right? <laughs> now you got to write that one down too. Oh my god, <laughs> Wait, did that even? Did that even come from anywhere? What was that? No. That was just off the top of my head. Your Lunchables are getting cold. <laughs> that's, for some reason, that's some savage shit to say to somebody. <laughs> Your Lunchables are getting cold. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I wish I could tell you I stole it from somewhere. Did not. That was just top of my head. Oh, God. See, this is the kind of stuff that... This is what happens when they start letting me open in my job. Because stuff like this just clangs around in my head. <laughs> and every now and then one slips out. But it's like, yeah, like you can't just backtrack like that, like we didn't hear you say it. Especially to that degree. Like it's not like you said something about the personality or something like that. You went after the physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Ugh, fucking Russo. So uh according to Johnny Swinger, he uh he's training Rick Steiner's son uh to be a wrestler. His name is oh. Bronson Rucksteiner. Wait, his name is what? Bronson Rucksteiner. I could be pronouncing it wrong. I'm assuming that the Steiner's last name is actually Rucksteiner. R-E-C-H Steiner. Rucksteiner. Uh, I, I guess. Rucksteiner! What are you going to do? Freaking team up with Vakovich and fucking NXT? Like, what? Yeah, but anyway, so the Steiner brothers, Rick Steiner's son... Is going to be uh, there. They actually have a video here that Sheets provided of him because he was a football player. So this is, I guess, him during his football time in case you guys are interested in what he looks like. Well, looks like a big boy. Weird choice of music. Did you pipe that music in? No, I didn't pipe that shit in. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm going to share that just so that people know that I didn't pipe that shit in. Isn't that ironic that it's it's a Steiner and there's Triple H's music piped in there? 
Yeah, it was all That's really amazing. Weird. It was all very strange stuff happening there. Strange episode, I gotta say. This is, well, we have more episode titles to work with than we probably ever had. This has just been off the walls. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it was reported that Nia Jax deleted her Twitter. Yeah, she just went poof off of social media. Yeah, but on her Instagram, she put up a post that said, uh, privacy is power. What people don't know, they can't ruin. So, according to Brad Shepard, uh, she's transforming herself. She's focusing on herself, recovering from her injury. So she got rid of Twitter as a distraction. I can't, I definitely can't discourage that. I think it's a great thing to do. And I think it's very smart of her to do. Yeah, you know, good first step. And, uh, and I really like the quote, privacy is power where people don't know they can't ruin. You know, that means you don't always have to put all your crap on social media, guys. There's more productive things you can do with your time. Hate to sound like an old guy and shit, but I really feel that way. I feel like people misuse social media. It's good to reach out to your communities. We use it that way, you know, on occasion, but just don't live by social media. Yeah, social media basically for me is just, hey, keep in contact with people I don't get to see that often. Like, <laughs> like, or just keep in contact with you in general. If you need a means to speak yeah. to somebody, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's a great way, but, you know, just don't live your social media. Exactly. And hey, good for Naya. Good luck to her. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's it for relevant stuff. You know? Yeah, pretty much. We got through quite a bit, so. Yeah. The important thing, I guess, to talk about now is is uh, the weeklies, pretty much. The weeklies. What was what was I know SmackDown had really low attendance. That's one thing I could tell you. Do you remember much about SmackDown? I'm drawing a, I'm drawing a blank. You know, honestly, it wasn't really that eventful. Besides, I mean, and that at the end of that six man freaking Orton having that RKO party on New Day was they recapped on tonight. But I mean. Yeah, they did. It was just literally because like, he went around the world. Like, he RKO'd Kobe, then he RKO'd Woods, then he RKO'd E, then he RKO'd Kobe again. <laughs> I mean, Buddy Murphy and Roman Reigns had that awesome match. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that already. That was one of the best things. Um, the opening segment was Kevin Owens, you know, which he pandered to his uh, his crowd. Because let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen... They were Boys in girls. Toronto. Yay. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. We're not going to be able to use that until they go back again. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we had the whole Kevin Owens versus Shane promo thing happening. You know, he winds up fining him a hundred thousand dollars for, uh, attacking an official because at the time he attacked the lions he was an official and they can't let it go on punish so he finds them then he talks about he's taking food out of his family's uh mouth and then backstage when he goes to talk to him he says make it 105 and he takes like a chair and throws it through like the flat screen that's in the background uh charlotte has a match against ember moon with charlotte going over with the figure eight uh daniel bryan uh, basically he's continuing to say that he had nothing to do with the whole backstage thing. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all that happened there. He also, didn't he also wind up beating up, uh, Buddy Murphy, him and yeah. Eric Rowan wind up beating up Buddy Murphy until he confesses that he lied. And then they beat him up more because he's like, you know what? I can't stand liars. And he just beats him up even more. <laughs> Buddy um, Murphy signed for several aspects. Roman Reigns, Buddy Murphy. We already talked about what a great match that was. 
on how well that yeah, made, made Buddy look fantastic. Yeah, of course made him look as good as we know he can be. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Um, I didn't notice it until they revealed the bracket for the King of the Ring. We're getting a two hundred five live rematch in round one because it's uh Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. Yeah, which that might be the match of the of, of round one because we've seen what those two can do to each other. At least there's no way for them to accidentally put on the kickoff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Kevin Owens fights Samoa Joe. Joe goes over, avoiding the stunner, and then Owens hits the pop-up power bomb. But Elias winds up pulling the referee out of the ring, and then uh, basically Joe winds up rolling up Kevin Owens, and um, for a fast Elias three count, rapid fast. Um, like you said, the whole New Day versus the Revival thing culminated into Orton, um. Orton basically having an RKO party at the end, you know, but, uh, the revival and Randy Orton do wind up going over, you know, Woods to, um, winds up fighting against Wilder and then Dawson winds up getting tagged in and they hit the shatter machine to go over. I've always noticed every time they fight the New Day, it's always Woods taking that shatter machine. Yeah, poor Woods. He's like the little brother of New Day. Yeah. Catch all the whoopers. And then backstage, Danny Bryan and Rowan get confronted by uh, Roman Reigns. And then Danny Bryan basically tells them that they've been conducting their own investigation. And then next week, they're going to bring them the culprit, which they talk about tonight also on Raw. And that was pretty much SmackDown in a nutshell. Not a bad show, not a great show, just a show. I'll see what you did there. <laughs> you, t- you proud of that? <laughs> it just happened, okay? But, uh... <laughs> Don't you lie to me. <laughs> the Lunchables just happened. That shit was playing. But yeah, so Vince was not at Raw tonight. We don't really know why, but he wasn't at Raw. According to Ryan Satin, uh, he, it was Triple H, Paul Heyman, and Kevin Dunn that were running this show. And Heyman sat in the main table with Heyman and Dunn during the production meeting, which is out of the normal. King was out there in commentary when we started the show. Shout out, special, warm shout out, especially before I forget to the dickhead who jumped the barricade and got thrown out. Nope, we're not playing your clip on here. Stupid. You think we'd be past the age of people rushing the damn raw barricade, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Guess not. I mean, think about it like this. He'll, he'll make it in time because I'm pretty sure his lunch was getting cold too, so. Mm-hmm. I have some pictures of SmackDown and Raw that are highly tarped off. They're showing you camera angles where you can't see how empty it is. I can spare you unless you really are curious enough to see the image. We can throw it on the screen. I don't really care either way. I mean, we, 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 we've seen it before. You know, we've seen what a tarped off Raw looks like. Yeah. Monday Night Tarp. We've seen it. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I put, I'm going to put it up. This is the Brad Shepard one of the hard camera. This is how it looks. Good lord. The opposite side. But anyway, Ziggler uh, versus Roman was actually pretty good. You know, I like the zigzag on the outside. That second zigzag when Roman recalled off the, the ring post um, with the beautiful two and three thirds count or two and three and a quarter or whatever it was. That was pretty cool. Um, the Superman punch that Roman hit Ziggler. Um, this, <laughs> God. Spun him out of that super kicking engine. I hate to I hate to say it, but you can't tell me you didn't see it. There was the Superman punch where Roman hit Ziggler so hard that the camera cut to a special needs kid licking his own face. <laughs> you know you saw it. Come on. 
I'm I'm not judging. I'm simply stating. I was hoping. I was just losing my mind. I was, was hoping was I just leaned over on a button and just flicked back and forth really quick. This was my my literal mind just went, holy shit! He hit Ziggler so hard with that Superman punch that they had to cut to a special kid licking his own face. Oh my god, that is incredible! <laughs> the incredible. Co- <laughs> god. Now I gotta recover after that. I will try. The the incredible counter of the spear into that Famouser I thought was really good. It was the best-looking Famouser I've seen in years. And then that final spear where Ziggler's charging him for the splash in the corner and he winds up finishing it with the spear. I thought it was good. Really liked that match, man. You know, I don't talk about matches in detail very often. This is one where if you're, you know, if you're not judging wrestling, just go watch this and enjoy it. Really cool. (laughs) That's Superman Punch. That's Superman Punch, man. (laughs) I hate to say it, but if it wasn't for the the heat, that would be the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> it's their it's their fault. All I'm saying is I blame Kevin Dunn. What the hell were you doing? Switch it to that camera. <laughs> all I'm saying is I live in the South where it's like 90 degrees the coolest lately. I ain't got no problem with heat. All right. <laughs> no, you'd have the heat, man. You got the heat now. <laughs> I'll turn on the AC and what? <laughs> but yeah, then we get a little, the King's Court. Jerry Lawler is in the King's Court and he's bringing us the King of the Ring segment where he is showing us the brackets leading into it. And they did a good job of having Lawler putting over previous King of the Wind tournament winners. But this really leads into the Fiend ambushing him at the top of the ramp and hitting him with the mandible claw, taking him. I love out. how right when the lights go out, he goes, I know where this is going. And he just sort of hauled ass up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, at least he tried to be smart about it. Uh, Mick Foley spoke to Wrestling Inc. and he said, I think it's nice to look at the show and see your fingerprints here and there. Whereas 10 years ago when I left, there was a lot of people who had grown up idolizing Rick and Sean and Brett. And you could see that in the work. So now you have guys like Bray who told me years ago, look, I'm doing something in a rocking chair because he had gotten a rocking chair from an interview that I did for Randy Orton. You see it a little bit with Alex the Black and the Rocking and Sue Young and Rosemary. And I love it. Sammy Callahan doing the Cactus Driver. And so I feel for Bray because you want to finish a move that you can do to anyone anytime. The Mandible Claw is something that is all Bray's now. Yeah, he passed the move on to Bray, which, I mean, that's quite an honor for Bray Wyatt to get that move now. So that is it. Mick Foley has officially passed away. It's like the all-for-one in My Hero Academia. He officially passed on the Mandible Claw. Mr. Sacco's a different story. Yeah, he, sure. you know, he, he can keep that. He, you keep Sacco for yourself, don't you? Don't you give that to nobody. Yeah, so. Ricochet and The Miz take on Corbin and McIntyre. Really good. Uh, glad Ricochet went over. He got to show a lot of his athleticism, a lot of his flipping around and stuff. Miz was there. He yeah. got, popped the crowd. Really, really cool chemistry there. Uh, Booker T brought it via Skype with better quality. Booker T. Yeah, but a little bit of a delay. Booker I T it, made sure to use CC cleaner and cleaned his system really <laughs> good. Made sure that there was no mess left over there. Free plug right there. And uh, that's why he came and cleaned it in Stone Cold. You know, he's still using the old McAfee. Oh, my God. Uh, Strowman has a match against AJ Styles. With uh, One thing notable, Strowman sort of botches AJ's backdrop. No fault of his, I guess, because he's so big that he couldn't really do that that sell that AJ likes to do. It just wound up looking like crap. Yeah. Uh, At the end of the day, the OC winds up getting the match thrown up. And uh, they wind up beating up Braun. Rollins comes in for the save. And he looks at... uh, 
Strowman and he's like, looks like we're even now, buddy. And they sort of look at each other like, yeah, we're pals. You know, uh, Cesaro fights Samoa Joe. There was this ugly slam botch. I didn't like the match too much, but there was this ugly slam botch during the Samoa Joe Cesaro match. If you don't believe me, watch Botchamania. There's no way don't miss it. Um, yeah, I think he tried to suplex him and he couldn't get him all the way over. So they but they just want to redo in the suplex. They had to do the spot again. I hate when that happens. I will say I like how it started off with that like high speed uppercut where Joe Joe recoiled so hard. Yeah. Awful King of Swing spot. He got maybe one, two swings. I wasn't even sure. I was curious when he started because I knew that there was no way it could end but in disaster. But instead, he just decided not to fully do it. You know, yeah, but he, thanks- he shouldn't even have gone for it in that case. Yeah, thankfully, though, the fans, myself and Cesaro, all tapped out to this match. Uh, then we have what was supposed to be Elias' final concert. I don't know what the hell's going on here. He was retiring or something? Oh, God. It, like, if I could see if I could just, if I could try to figure out their logic. Since he's 24-7 champion now, he doesn't want to do live performances because it's a shot to ambush him. Like, nobody else is going to catch him anywhere else. Like, they show a clip of Drake Maverick ambushing him in a freaking studio or something. Like, so now he's retired because of that? Yeah, now he's retired from his live performances. And ironically, in his retirement thing, R-Truth ambushes him. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that, you know? It's great. That's I'm not amazing. doing it anymore. I keep getting ambushed. What happened to him? He got ambushed. Kind of funny how <laughs> how how less entertaining that belt's been since Archer doesn't have it or Drake Maverick doesn't have it. Yeah, you see, they ruined it. It only it was only a matter of time. Like at this point, Elias with championships is just not entertaining. Even it's even bad when he was a twenty four seven championship. Even I say a joke title has been devalued by Elias having it. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio is backstage being interviewed, and he decides that he he's about to retire, but Dominic comes on, stops him, and he tells him, you know, you're my father. I'm going to tell my son one day that I wrestled with his grandfather, and, he, you know, you've been there for my whole life, and you made me proud, and now I want to make you proud. And then Rey gets choked up about it, and he sort of decides, you know, that he's going to do it for him. So they sort of basically created the Rey and Dominic tag team, so we're going to have to see where that winds up going. I'm just going to enter a ladder match in somebody's custody. I'm okay. Yeah, knew they have a match the tag team against the revival, but Orton winds up coming in, and the three of them together wind up destroying the New Day systematically, taking out Kofi with RKO first, Biggie with an RKO. I don't know. We're getting the match thrown out, bringing up more heat for that rivalry. And busted up Woods' leg, which I I, I wasn't surprised that they went for Woods because Woods has always been amazing at selling pain. Probably the best of the three, yeah. honestly. They got really dramatic with it with like Kofi reaching out and Woods was there and he's like, no, and the whole thing really good. You got to see it. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Sasha has an interview backstage with Michael Cole where uh, she basically co-asked her what was going through her head and stuff. And Sasha tries to be condescending instead of bringing up what's going through her, her, her head, her, her, her head. She goes through what's going through her hair. Which is <laughs> which is blue dye. And it's funny because she was doing that to be condescending and heal it up. And I hate to say it, but Cole got the better of that exchange, which is bad when the when the when the interviewer burns you. Because he says, Sasha, with all due respect, no one is talking about your blue hair. Oh, and if God. you listen, the crowd popped. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look very and if you look very carefully, Sasha corpsed. It was such a perfect. That poor girl couldn't keep it together. It was such a perfect moment. He just looked at her, Sasha. With all due respect, no one is talking about your blue hair. You could tell even she didn't expect that. Oh god! And see, Sasha has that kind of laugh where if she so much breaks a little bit, you can see it. 
I was thinking about that. I, I didn't realize that this was a better hair color. Sasha, with all due respect. Nobody's talking about your hair. <laughs> I can't believe this is showing up again. That is so ridiculous, man. Yo, that's amazing. The last time we played this drop, freaking Chloe shut down her dad and life is strange before the storm. That's amazing. Oh, man. And then uh, <laughs> Natalia is backstage talking about how she couldn't believe that Sasha attacked her during her moment with her father and her moment of weakness. And amidst her talking about this, Sasha ambushes her. Ambushes are great, right? That should be a, that should be like a class. Like in the next wrestling game, you choose if you're a brawler or a grappler or ambusher. <laughs> are you a brawler, technical, grappler, high flyer, oh, I, cruiserweight? I, I ambusher. I'd love to see the payback ability associated with that one. Because there's some people who that's their specialty. My specialty's out of the ring. You know? You know the way Kalisto and Mysterio are good when it comes to the ropes and turnbuckles? I'm good when it comes to the street signs and hot dog stands. I'm where you least <laughs> expect me to be. You know, I'm in the elevator. I'm in the fire escape. You know? That's what they need. <laughs> my, my go-to match is the off-the-camera match. Yeah, you're an ambusher. Why not have it in the next thing? Hell, they have the 24-7 title, right? That'll be what you select when you want to be an ambusher. Oh, my God. You know, your, 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 your gameplay is no longer revolving around... Around being a wrestler in your career, your your gameplay, you're, now you're backstage hiding in garbage cans and stuff, trying to pop out and get the title back. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough ambushing going on around here that it warrants a class. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's what basically what's happening. Is Sasha gets an ambush on Natty and beats her ass and basically calls her a crybaby and just throws her all over the damn place and heals it up. I just feel like if you're going to keep that bit going, you know what you do? And we've seen these videos on YouTube for the compilations. You get that thing where um, Nay's doing an interview, and next thing you hear, next thing you know, all you hear is run. That's so messed up, man. But it would work. You know it would. But man, she was really healing it up. That poor girl, though. Cole caught her. You can't tell me she saw that lie coming. Oh, no, I'm not gonna lie, this Raw was kind of entertaining today. No, I like this Raw. You see, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I, I don't give up on them. You know, like I never fully give up on this company because they sometimes they 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 pull through. And I think that now that they're in actual mortal danger, you're gonna start seeing that. You know how they act. I told you guys they're gonna put on their emergency stuff. You know, like Vince is like is sitting in, in like at the top of the in his chair with his with his. Hands over his face like Gendo Ikari, you know, getting ready to uh, getting ready to send out his Evangelions. So if that's the case, who's going to be the Oscar? <laughs> right, the, yeah. the Oscar or the Oscar? The Oscar. <laughs> Maybe it might have to be Oscar. Yeah, who knows? Don't you take on all the AVUs at one time, girl? Don't you do it? Also, one one other note about Roy. I noticed the Street Profits backstage doing their whole thing, notably without their NXT tag titles. Those seem to be yep. MIA. Hmm. That is a. Uh, I know cool. we just had a recent set of NXT tapings just before this episode of Raw. And, uh, hmm, yeah. Uh, I mean, must have forgotten. Never, I was say, I mean, even though it's a bunch of tapings, dare we mm. do it? <laughs> what? No, I'm not doing it. Okay. <laughs> you wanted me to give him the send off? No. No, 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 not that. Not that. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Just like the reason the uh, tag titles were MIA. Oh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't. I'm pretty sure of why they're by, you know, but we wouldn't have to go into that right now. Yeah. We'll wait till the weekend happens. I follow NXT pretty close, so 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're gonna have some interesting changes in uh, changing of the guard, if you will. Yeah. All right, was that it? Did I cover everything? We're done. Uh, I mean, besides that, you had uh, the revival once again get put in their place. And, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, I know, I know, yeah. I know what winds up happening here. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, we wind up with new tag champions, Rollins and Strowman, going over, right? Yeah, over the revival. Uh, I think uh, Strowman hit a rain power slam. I want to say it was Dash, or it was. I think it was a Dawson. And as AJ tries to get in the ring, he gets blackout, and then. Rollins has now won a tag championship with four different partners now. Yeah, and he's become like, he's becoming like the James Storm or the Kane of like WWE. Like, how many has Strowman won it with? One and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing what you were gonna say. <laughs> Once again, off the top of my head, that was not pre-planned. So now he gets his first real tag team title run, yeah. right? His first actual championship run since he's been in the WWE. Look at that. Look at that, kid. We're proud of you. you yeah. Know? Not you. We're talking about Strowman. Yeah. Tag title without Nicholas. Especially because yeah. he walked right past Okada. Like, no. That's what it should say on the plates. Tag title without Nicholas. Yes. Okay, here you go. Here's them posing with their titles. That's about individuals. Perfect. Look at that, right? Funny that the belt fits him so perfectly. Good. Yeah, good for the big man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're ready to wrap up here. Yep, that's it. That being said, thank you to everyone who hung out with us for this wonderful show all of you out there in the live chat room willie v2 and stasis dreams mark 710 george z kalakamikaze falcon e-style e-man frosted jester 65 b lefty 33 hail blackwell meso mesa c roommate 7801373 619 MNG Pro um, and Alkine Ocean 25. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch episode 335, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we are out of here. I'm a warrior. Shut it down.